All right. Welcome, everyone. He's done it, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined this week, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we'll be reacting to Super Bowl 57 as the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35, to an instant classic, and certainly a lot to talk about with this one. We'll go give our thoughts on the controversial finish. We'll talk about the quarterbacks, the coaches, everything, the highs and the lows, the good and the bad from this one. We'll also give our thoughts on Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show performance. And also dive into some of the other NFL news from this weekend, some stuff involving some quarterbacks and NFL honors, Pro Football Hall of Fame class announcement. We'll touch on all of that. And we'll also talk about the NBA, which had its trade deadline last week. And this is definitely one for the books, notably the Brooklyn Nets ending the KD Kyrie era with their two superstars both traded in a matter of days we'll talk about the nets demise and give our biggest winners and losers of the trade deadline finally we'll conclude this one like we do all of our super bowl episodes by counting down our top five favorite commercials from the big game so lots to talk about with this one so with that let's get started Another fun season of football is sadly in the books now. It I feel like this this year flew by. I don't know if it's just me, but I just realized on Monday after the Super Bowl, I was like, man, it doesn't feel that long ago that it was August and we were doing our NFL season previews. And now here we are. Super Bowl's over. Yeah, football season flies by and once the Super Bowl ends, it it's rough because for me, I'm just waiting for March Madness to, to start, and of course it doesn't start until March, and we have several weeks to go before yep. we get to the conference tournaments, and then the, and then the actual tournament as well. So, that, I mean, I'll, I'll watch, of course, the other sports like hockey or, or basketball, or and then even college basketball, of course, but... Once NFL season ends, it's 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 kind of rough to be honest. Yeah, I mean, other sports in the regular season just don't have the same kind of pull that the NFL has during the regular season. So it, it's it's tough to go from you know having every single weekend like some kind of big football game going on to like trying to get up for a regular season NBA game. It's just not the same. So no, uh, I I always tune into no matter how good or bad my team is, like I I'm still watching i still want to keep up with the entire league and watch football every sunday uh, no matter what week it is whether it's week one or week 18 doesn't matter uh, i'm no doubt. i definitely i try to watch as much football as much football as possible even if it's not a team that like a favorite team like i'll still watch other games for other purposes yeah and, and we do have some plans to kind of attack more of this like you know dead dead area in here that we have coming up but 
we can kind of you know save that for next season if he's done it. Let's wrap up this one and let's get into the Super Bowl. And Super Bowl 57, Chiefs 38, Eagles 35. This is an instant classic. Like This is undoubtedly one of the better ones we've seen. Second highest scoring game of all time in the Super Bowl with 73 total points. Just back and forth. like Lots of great moments in this one. And unfortunately, it feels like the thing you have to talk about is the ending of this game with the defensive holding called on James Bradbury. A lot of controversy about whether or not a flag should have been thrown in this spot. And it does feel like at the very least, we were cheated out of a great ending to this game if that flag doesn't get thrown because there were no other holding calls in the game before this. Oh, for sure. It was definitely, it was not ideal because like you said, this was, this was a great game start to almost finish uh (laughs) and yeah it certainly looked like the eagles were the better team to start out the game but that's kind of how i thought the game would go where the eagles eagles would get off to a a great start and then it'll come down to whether mahomes uh can lead the chiefs uh to a comeback victory which is certainly what happened but yeah the what overshadows this great game was that last uh last drive uh, near the goal line where it starts of that the third down play where Juju gets held. And when you watch that play, like, yeah, it, it looked like it was a holding, uh, maybe even twice on Bradbury. And he even said uh, after the game that, like, yeah, I tugged the jersey. And I like how the Eagles, I'm, I'm kind of surprised uh, just given that, I don't know, with their coach and and their fans and like just the, just the Eagles in general, I, I thought they would handle it a lot worse, but they they really handled it well saying like yeah it was especially Bradbury where yeah was I was like, surprised yeah, I was... that he like straight up was like yeah you know I was just hoping the refs wouldn't see it right and then and then even Nick Sirianni himself said after the game like hey it does it's not all on one play the refs need to they have a job to do and make that call and you know you have to look at the entirety of the game on what how we could have done better to win that game and so like I like how he handled it but so yeah, I mean, yeah, you could make the case like the flag should have been thrown just because it was a holding, but at the same time, that's not how it was consistently called, you know, the entirety of the game because there was one point where Bradbury was on Juju on a different drive and it was a clear hold and Juju was looking for a call, yeah. but they didn't call it. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that in Bradbury's mind that like, hey, if if I could get away with that, I can get away with, away with it on other times I'm covering him and yeah, it's kind of like last year in last year's Super Bowl where they didn't really make any of those calls, but then third down, Stafford goes to Cup, shocker, and there's it was an incomplete, but then there was a flag, and then it gave him a first down, and so yeah, it's hard when the when a great game is overshadowed by one call, and even though again it was, yes, he tugged the jersey, and yes, you can make a case it was a holding. It's still in my in my mind, I view it as man, like we were robbed of a possible classic ending. Now, it was still a good game and and came down to the end, but at the same time, it's like, all right, if that wasn't called, then it's fourth down, Bucker makes the field goal, and it's 30 to 35, but with a minute minute and a half left. Yeah. Right, yeah, a minute or almost two minutes Uh uh, left to go in in the game, and the Eagles can uh, potentially drive down the field and, kick a field goal or maybe go for a winning touchdown so even though it was an amazing game we were kind of robbed of a a possibly better finish to that, to that game as well and maybe even 
a different outcome of who I still think it would have been Casey, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd never know what would have happened if the Eagles had like an actual drive instead of just, you know, one play there hoping for some, you know, crazy Hail Mary finish that we, you know, obviously didn't see happen. But yeah, I mean, we had talked about at the end of the Chiefs Bengals game with that penalty on Joseph Asai. And that's one where it's like you wish that it didn't happen, but at least you're like, yeah, I mean, that was a penalty. You have to throw a flag on for hitting the quarterback laid out of bounds. This is one where, yeah, technically it's a hold there, but everyone says all the time, you could throw a holding flag on every single play. And like when you don't call one the entire game until that moment, that's when it kind of starts to soften the, the meaning of it. It feels ticky tack. And I, I think see, I understand the complaints for that reason. See, Yeah, I have similar thoughts to the, the play at the end of the Chiefs-Bengals game where you don't want to see a game come down to the end, ending a game like that where it comes down to a, a penalty and but for for the Chiefs Bengals one uh, you know for Joseph Asai like that was a that was like egregious where yeah. was... where where the refs gonna do like not throw a flag when he he hit him like really really late like not just kind of late but extremely late and again a, a, an injured player and the face of the game like you're gonna throw the flag and so it sucks for a game to end like that but like they had to throw the flag there but for this one I felt like Similar thoughts, but this one was more ticky tack. Where mm-hmm. I would have leaned more towards keeping the flag, not not throwing it. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, that one's tough to to look back on. Yeah, no, I mean, I I agree with the sentiment, but I think overall, it doesn't take away the fact that Kansas City pulled out this victory in the end. Right? Because... They 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 got completely outplayed in the first half, and they were extremely lucky that it was only a 10-point game because one of their touchdowns was a, rec- a fumble recovery. For know, a touchdown, yeah. to a touchdown. And uh, it wasn't like a forced fumble. It was just no, it was just, kinda, just straight up dropped it. Yeah. And so it could have been a much worse uh, result to end of the first half, but luckily they were only down by 10. But the in the second half, the Chiefs' offense dominated the Eagles' defense. Yeah, 24 points and, on four drives. Just it, it was like it was definitely a tale of two halves when it came out of the Chiefs' offense. And when this game started, I almost felt like a jinx because I texted you right after the Eagles and Chiefs both went down, scored touchdowns. Like it looked like a very fun game ahead of us. And then the Eagles go three and out. Chiefs miss a field goal. It's like oh maybe maybe it's just uh you know opening drive. But uh yeah, I mean the Eagles ended up you know, looking very good with the exception of that fumble return touchdown. It, it, you know, it was 24 to 14. Like you said, it could have been worse. And I think like when the Eagles scored in the opening drive, it was just like, yeah, this was a bad idea for the Chiefs to give Philly the ball to start. But I think in the end, the fact that Kansas City was able to start the second half with the ball and they went down and they drove, I don't want to say like relatively easily. They did have to pick up some third downs, no, but, but I think the really way they did drive. it. Yeah, it was an important drive and an impressive drive. The way like they made some big plays, I think got back a ton of momentum. And then all of a sudden from there, it was just back and forth the rest of the way. So uh, it ended up working out really well in the end, that decision to defer. And yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, like what more can you say about the guy? Like he gets hurt before the, the half. There's like immediate concern about are we going to see him the second half? And you can assume that they'll do whatever it takes to get him out there. But like, what kind of player is he going to be at this point? And of course it, you know, it hinders him to an extent, but he was still making plays with his legs. He was still making plays with his arm. And uh, it was just an impressive second half performance. I know the box score stats don't necessarily look like it, but he, uh, he had a phenomenal second half. Yeah. The the second half was definitely the most 
Def- definitely really impressive. He went. He was down ten in the second half. He was thirteen for fourteen in in the second half, and the one incompletion was a throwaway. Yep. And yeah, one hundred twenty six total yards, and every drive that they have ended in a touchdown, except the last one. And it's because they needed to get the yeah, field goal so they could burn more time. Uh-huh. And and so they honestly easily could have gotten a touchdown on every drive on that uh, in that half. And so yeah, it was. Uh, incredible performance, uh, especially the second half for Mahomes. And what was really impressive was, yeah, doing it on a high ankle sprain. And, and you know, people are going to give him crap saying, like, oh, he wasn't really injured. Like, oh, like, it, like that's what drugs will do. And like, I don't know. It's still impressive to get a, a really long, what, 26-yard scramble yep. like on, a, on a high ankle sprain in that moment. I still think that's really impressive. And I agree. Yeah, I don't think it should be taken away. Like, the you know, the idea that he's, like, faking it or anything. We knew going into the no. game he was hurt. Like, it was a real injury. And, yeah, the, you know, NFL trainers have and things hurt, available hurts too. to them. Uh, he, he, had, he had a shoulder sprain about a couple months ago or so. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, he's playing hurt. He was playing hurt, too, and he was just as great or honestly even better yeah i I mean hurts was awesome in this game and it's he's definitely not the reason why the Eagles lost this one i mean they they can feel very good about having a a franchise quarterback right now we can talk about hurts more but i think you know the focus as great as the chiefs offense was it's impressive that they did this against this eagles defense that was like historically great but you're also wondering uh this is the best offense they played all year they had zero sacks in this one. They could barely get pressure on an injured quarterback. They let him drive, you know, six and a half yards per play, four scores and four possessions in the second half. Their defense definitely doesn't look very strong right now. Yeah, yeah. So for the Eagles, the the talk was like, oh, they have they have the better overall roster, but they also have had played a cupcake schedule this year, and we'll see how they can do against better competition. And offensively, it still didn't matter. They were still awesome. But yeah, defensively, it was re- really hurt them in this game, and I, look the, the defensive line especially because the defensive line for all year has been a force uh, for their team, and they got zero sacks against. Now the Chiefs have a better, one of the better O lines in the league, uh-huh. and and but and it's still it's still not great to get zero sacks in a, in the biggest game of the year. That's uh, uh, guys like Reddick, Fletcher Cox, like those guys, just completely disappeared. I didn't, yep. I didn't, I didn't. They weren't factors whatsoever. No, not at all. I mean, this is it. They didn't. They not only led the league in sacks. They had 15 more sacks than the second place team. Like it, it was yeah, insane absurd. how many they had. Yeah, I just. I did thought they were going to generate a lot more pressure on Mahomes. Uh, I, I did too, and yeah, I, I think. I mean, everyone going into the game, one of the talking points was this game will be won in the trenches, and the idea was that's why the Eagles a win because they have a better offensive line and a better defensive line. But in the end, the Chiefs' offensive line was better, and their defensive line made more plays. Uh, you know, obviously that fourth and one sneak play is impossible to stop. But outside of that, the Chiefs' defense made some. They made some plays. They had a couple sacks in this one, and yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, the, couple, the Nick Bolton uh, touchdown was more stops. of a you know on Hurts, but Nick Nick Bolt Nick Bolton was really good in this game. Like not almost just had two the touchdowns. touchdown. Yeah, he yeah almost <laughs> had two touchdowns, which would have been absurd, uh-huh. but. But he was a factor in this game. Besides that touchdown, he, he had a couple key uh, third down stops yep. that forced the Eagles to to kick a field goal. And so, so yeah, like they definitely made more plays, just a little bit more plays, uh, especially in that second half than the Eagles did. And yeah, the Eagles defense definitely let down, definitely let down the offense because Hertz definitely played well enough uh, in this game. 
Yeah, and uh, amazingly, you know, two days after the Super Bowl loss, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon gets hired as the the next head coach of the Cardinals. Yeah, I I don't know how I'd feel about that. Uh, If you remember, Super Bowl 52, the Eagles and the Patriots were playing, and the Eagles put up 41 points on the Patriots' defense, and then Matt Patricia goes to the Lions. And I'm not saying Jonathan Cannon is going to be just like Matt Patricia, (laughs) but I don't know how I'd feel about that if if the guy you're hiring ends up doing a crap job for his specialty <laughs> in the Super uh, in, Bowl of in all the biggest games. game. Yeah. And I, I mean, one half of football doesn't mean you're not going to be a great head coach. I mean, you can look at Kyle Shanahan the year before. I basically gave away that Falcon Super Bowl. And, you know, I, he hasn't won a Super Bowl with the Niners, but, but they he's have a much been better. Great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's a much better option. Right. So, so it, can, it could still go either way, mm. but. It is. I mean, the, the Eagles coaching staff, uh, like just overall, was outcoached by the Chiefs. I mean, coming in, it was like, oh, yeah, the quarterback and the tight end. When you talk about position groups, you made the point that I hadn't really heard a ton was like the Chiefs have better coaching than the Eagles. And I think a lot of people yeah. like really prop up Nick Sirianni because of how good this team has been. But he even said himself like his one of his things is the key to being a great coach is having great players. And we don't know that that's not the reason why Nick Sirianni looks like a great coach because of the players. Like we see what Andy Reid has done in philadelphia and kansas city you see the what chiefs, others like they, have done so the chiefs they won the super bowl but i i don't think it's the best chiefs team we've seen no i, I, I don't think, think after, so either i think after mahomes and kelsey it, it's a drop off on in their offense and yep. then defensively like chris jones, chris is, jones awesome, is awesome and but but who's their second best there are a lot player. of there aren't a lot of stars on their defense either. Like Tyron Matthews not there anymore either, and so yeah, I mean Frank Clark is Frank. Yeah, Frank Clark is kind of, but yeah, he he's very inconsistent. Like he can be amazing and then disappear at times, and so uh-huh. like after yeah, like after Chris Jones, it's like it's a drop off there too, and so so yeah, like Andy Reid, I thought I thought he schemed up the Chiefs' offense really well in that second half because. Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore on their touchdowns were wide open. Yeah, and it, it sounds like Eric Bieniemy was the one who kind of got those plays installed because of game film from the Eagles' Week Four game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like feeling that could work, and it, it's amazing. Like they ran the same play just on opposite sides of the field. Both resulted yeah. in four and five yard touchdowns. So t- Tony and Moore, like you said. So basically, yeah, and, the idea was you. Know, having the guy go in motion and then come back out wide open. Just it, 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 incredible, simply offensive coaches of the Chiefs outcoach the defensive coaches of the Eagles in that moment. That's Yeah, that's not even a question. Um, yeah, so for Andy Reid, definitely, yeah, I felt like even though the Eagles were the much better team, maybe not much better, but the better team. Overall team, better, I, yeah. I, I, the, the, the Chiefs have the quarterback and the coach, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so – and 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 those guys definitely stepped up in the second half. And I mean, look, I, it comes down to the quarterback. I, I I certainly believe that being a Brady guy over Belichick sometimes. But uh, I mean, I think Andy Reid definitely, absolutely outcoached Nick Sirianni in that game. And you know, we can certainly talk about now that they have two Super Bowls, Mahomes and Andy Reid together. Like, are are they on the traje- trajectory of? catching Brady and Belichick uh I mean they have two and they still have a long way to go but yeah they're they're as they're the only threat Uh, Uh I mean at the time I I think it's unlikely but are they a threat absolutely well I I think a lot of it comes down to how long is Andy Reid gonna keep coaching uh I mean I don't want to 
spend too much time on the whole goat debate of Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady for yeah, two reasons. Yeah, it's just one it's of them so is, early. Exactly, and, he's and, played five. And you seasons. know me with. You know me when it comes to goat debates. Like I, I think they're cringy. They're very subjective. Uh-huh. But but it's certainly a topic that is just. It's been. It's definitely being discussed whether Mahomes is at least in the conversation right now. And yeah, I think. I mean, the the fact that Brady is two and zero head to head against him in the playoffs is also a big trump card that's going to take even more. I think for Mahomes to pass him now, Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback is probably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen i think if you're just talking about you know the best player based on that his ability the things he's able to do it's something that we have not really seen from anyone else before uh, but to me i think the big thing that is worth talking about at this point in time is the fact that patrick mahomes has played five seasons in the nfl as a starting quarterback and i think we kind of talked about it before the playoffs. I'm ready to officially say that if he decides, you know what, I'm going to go out on top, I'm going to retire now young, he would be a Hall of Famer at this point, just based off of his <laughs> credentials. I think, like, everything he's done... Like, I mean, like, you and Kenny basically were, like, appalled at that at that take that, like... Yeah, yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh-huh. <laughs> or first I, don't, I think Kenny Famer. was much more appalled than I was. I, okay. But, I mean... Yeah, I think at this point, like this postseason, like adding another Super Bowl victory, adding another MVP, first MVP to win the Super Bowl in the same season since Kurt Warner in 1999. I think seven or eight that, in a row had yeah. lost. Like another reason why I thought Philly would win was, is I know it's a silly stat, but anytime someone wins the regular season MVP award and, and they play and, in the Super and Bowl and is in the Super Bowl, it doesn't go well. Like oh, yeah. it was Owen the last nine times it's happened. There've been Owen nine. Yeah, he, I, like you said, Kurt Warner was the last one to do it. It's like that was so. He was also ago. the first one in the losing streak because in in two thousand one he lost, which I think is interesting. But yeah, I mean, I think that was like a legitimate thing. Whereas, like you know, Patrick Mahomes is definitely the MVP over Jalen Hurts, but you know, if Hurts wins, maybe that gives Mahomes and the Chiefs a leg up in this game. And I think it just also just another thing to add to Mahomes' legacy is that this is a streak doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but ultimately. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the first one to have both the regular season success and the Super Bowl success in the same season in 25 years. So yeah, it's it's just something that like there are some curses, like the Madden one. Like I've never been like a huge believer. Yeah, in, but, I think but that one's kind of winning MVP, <laughs> winning the regular season MVP, and being in the Super Bowl has never gone well uh, for the regular season MVP guys. So uh-huh. uh, that was one I did take seriously, but luckily he came through uh i mean look i'm 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 not like a fan of either team but like i was rooting for the chiefs so even though part of me was like kind of down on that holding call part of me was also like huh suck it yeah right i mean i feel the same way it's like i think if i was rooting for the eagles i would be pissed off about that play but it's hard for me like i think it's easy to kind of look at and say oh there's a you know it was holding like yeah like you i understand like you kind of wish a game didn't end that way you wish that people weren't talking about it like that the chiefs won undoubtedly yeah but there's there's a part of me that's fair and it's like oh, that, that that should that should not that flag should not have been thrown they should have let that go but then part of me is like well it's the eagles so right. i don't care well and one thing that I, <laughs> I i heard from some patriots fans saying that the the perfect way this game played out would be that the eagles lose on some kind of controversy so that way you can have that as a knock against Patrick Mahomes. but I don't think any serious person is really knocking Patrick Mahomes based on the way he no. played in this game. It's not like it was 13 to 10. Both offenses sucked when this happened. Like this was, you know, just a shootout that 
um, you know, had a there really weren't. So outside of the the Hertz fumble, th- there really weren't any like choking, like choke jobs or like or drops or just, like just any. It was just a clinic offensively, both sides. Oh yeah, then, no, it, it was awesome. I mean, both both teams played great in this one. The only turnover was that fumble, and I don't think that can be a huge knock against Jalen Hurts. I think he still had a great game. Like, yeah, it, it's tough to have like your one turnover result in a touchdown, but he he played a mostly clean game. Other than that, I mean, there weren't a whole lot of penalties in this one. I, and both offenses were rolling, and you know, there were a handful of times where it felt like they were getting stopped. Times where they did, but. It didn't really last very long. Like, yeah, the Chiefs offense had some struggles in the first half, but one of them is a great drive that ended on a, a doinked field goal. So it's not like they had yeah. three three and outs to end the first half. One thing to mention, the, you know, so you know how at the end the, the clock, you know, got down all the way to like 10 seconds or whatever. Uh-huh. And because the Eagles ran out of timeouts, using that, so they had two timeouts on that final drive, the Eagles. And they use, so they used one of the timeouts. The timeout they used was because they didn't want to lose a delay a game. Yeah, I, it, I mean, it's so easy. It was so easy for the Eagles to gain yards that, like, wouldn't you well, rather? Yeah, I mean, hindsight, yeah, but like, wouldn't you just take the delay a game earlier in the I game? Mean, they did that. They had a third and nine, and they took a delay of game, and that was the third and fourteen, and the the Dallas Goddard, right. you know, kind of bobble catch on the sideline. So it it worked out in that case, and. You know they they kind of change the mindset, but yeah, I mean having to burn timeouts that, to avoid delay games is not good, and coaches hate it, when they have to do that. It's it's just that it's so easy. It's it the the game now benefits the offense so much more than it used to, and the Eagles' offense is ridiculous. That like I I'm not I'm I'm I want to hold as all my timeouts uh, for as long as possible, and I mean I don't know. It's just if you lose five yards, like you can get that back easily. Uh, I, I hindsight like yeah, yeah looking back on it, it's like uh, oh well crap like yeah it would it'd be nice to have that third time out but i don't know uh, that's that was just one complaint i had no i mean like, i think that's that's a fair point and yeah it's it's one of those things in the moment where like i think a lot of coaches will want to take the time out because they don't want to lose the five yards they want to be able to run the same play that they drew up but you know, that is obviously the risk when you lose a timeout you can't have it later in the game when you need to conserve clock so Nothing, nothing uh, to bring up. So this was an awesome game back and forth. Uh, both offenses putting on a clinic. And there are some bad things that overshadowed this game. One was for for sure uh, the most the the last uh, holding call on the refs. Another thing to bring up is the the not just the holding call, but there were some close ca- catches. You know, we saw the Devonte play where he caught he caught yep. it but then you could see it he didn't coming out a little bit yeah yeah so and then there was the one where miles sanders he caught it and you know he, he immediately dropped it and then it could have been a, another potential fumble uh recovery and leading to a touchdown and then we saw the one where goddard caught it uh out of bounds or not out of bounds but like near the sidelines and it was real to catch and then so so those replays took forever. Like I think all three <laughs> yeah. of them were the right calls, uh-huh. but they all took so long that it's just like another thing with instant replay that I have a gripe about. It's just like if you can't figure it out within a couple minutes, like just 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 go with what the call was. Like like we don't need to stop. We we don't need to continue wasting more time looking at seventeen different angles for 
five plus minutes. It's just, it's just way too, it's just way, it's just, it's too much. It's too yeah, much. I mean, the, the whole point is if you, you go with the call on the field, if it's not, uh, what's, why am I? Conclusive? Yeah, if it's not conclusive, you go with the call on the field. And yeah, I mean, it, there are times where it feels like they're using replays to just officiate the play. You, and they, I, like, it's like they want to find something wrong. Right? And I, well, that that was what they were talking about. Um, like Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson were talking about on the Devontae Smith one. It was like, oh, they finally found the angle. Everyone's walking back. And yeah, this like you're watching it for all this time. And I think there were multiple times where it looked like they were going to hold it up and then they're still looking at replays. And I, I agree. I think that is, it's a problem. I think it's something that's always been talked about with replay. And I think more and more these days, you're right, it is like looking to overturn a play sometimes or like you looking for this definitive evidence instead of just saying it's it's inconclusive we if, if you can't find definitive evidence just just uh stick just, with the call in the field just stick with the call the miles sanders one d- drove me crazy because i mean like yes he caught it with two hands but he didn't make that next move yeah right i didn't like, think the, he by the time he caught move. it he got he lost the ball and got hit. It was like instantaneous. Like that one should have been right away. Like right? that's incomplete. Uh-huh. I thought so. I thought it was surprising, like how long they they were looking at that. Um, but yeah, I mean that was one where even though I was you know hopeful at the at the time that it was a fumble, I was like that's not a catch. Like, he, like no, he didn't, he didn't even have time to make that. a move. By yeah. the time he by the time he got the ball, he got hit. And uh-huh. I, I thought, like, I mean, they all drove me crazy, but but especially. Especially that one, and then the the Devonte one just took the longest. Oh yeah, that I mean, one. just like so much time was taken on that one. I I think with the Goddard one is the fact that the Eagles hurried up to the line to run a play, and then the refs are like, and, "No, you have to do a substitution." And then right, we, oh that one's right. right. And then you look at it and, only for it to be held up anyway after a long review as well. Yeah. So yeah, that <laughs> I think all of them to to an extent were not. So not they all great yeah they all drove me crazy. Then. Yeah. So. No, I I mean that's fair. I I mean those are definitely worth talking about. I agree. I think that in the end the call was right in terms of overturning or holding them up, but all three of them, but they all just all three took of them too took long to get there. It's way too long. Yeah. And so, then and then what what also was a disaster was the people slipping everywhere. Oh yeah, that's, I, that's just, what I thought you were initially going to say, like the playing field. Right. Yeah. So I think it was honestly it was Oklahoma State University who were like claiming like yes, this field is our responsibility like we're the ones who like planted this grass like we've been growing it for years like all this stuff like there are a ton of articles coming out about how great the field would be and it's like one of the worst ever (laughs) you couldn't test this like i don't know week nine right (laughs) you had to test it all right the the first time we're going to introduce this grass is the super bowl Bowl, and yeah it was a disaster and i mean i think it's worth talking about in terms of the eagles pass rush is that you know it's going to kind of neutralize that aspect and i i think it's kind of a fair point to discuss with the whole idea like you can't make fun of the eagles defense and not being able to get to mahomes without but also make fun of the field that is causing people to to slip over and have terrible foot grip. Like I, I you know, it's it's a fair point, but you know, obviously not every single player resulted in someone slipping. But yeah, I, I remember early on, like Travis Kelsey was wide open in the middle of the field. It was like, wow, how do you leave Travis Kelsey of all players that wide open? And you see the replay, and just some Eagles player falls down, and it's like, oh, they're, they're linebackers. If there's a weak point on the Eagles defense, it's their linebackers, and and. Combining that with having to cover the best tight end in the league uh-huh. is, is not is not a great combination. And 
Yeah, and then even I think even Kelsey slipped when he scored the touchdown, and then Pacheco slipped when he scored his touchdown. Yeah, Jake Elliott so, slipped on a kickoff. Like, yeah, Jake Elliott, he slipped on the kickoff. And it's just Well, that was like one look, thing. I, like Even though Bucker was taking a 27-yard field goal, I was like, this isn't a guarantee. What if he slips and you know tears his hamstring because of this field? And, he, and so. he's, he's missed like half dozen extra points this year, too. Uh-huh. So I didn't think it was a guarantee. Yeah. Even though it was... It was, it was a chip pretty, shot. Yeah. Even though it was a chip shot, it was right down the still, middle in the end. But yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But so, look, I mentioned weeks ago that when the Bengals and Bills played, that I, I love the elements of the game where if there's snow or rain, or like it's it's just not not always sunny. Like it, mm-hmm. There's occasionally the snow game. I I love when there are different elements of the game, and like I don't want every game to be indoors, turf field, peach bowl. Uh, you know, a million points on both sides every single game. Like I want the games to be different, and but I don't want the grass. Like yeah, grass, the, the seriously, field shouldn't I don't be want the, the grass to be affecting uh, the players. Like that. No, that's, it, that's it's always it's tough absurd. when that happens. Like there, there are plenty of times like I can think of where it's just like horrible playing services. Like just, I mean, remember MetLife Stadium a couple years ago when like someone new tore their ACL every single week. Like that's just that's just yeah, horrible. That, so. Yeah, it, it, what sucks about this is that, like, it was on a grass field and everyone was slipping. Like, I don't want them to the NFL to think like, oh, like we can't have these Super Bowls on grass now. Like, it's got to be, be turf. turf. Like, right? no, like yeah. it should still be grass. It's just like w- whatever was put into that game was was not great. Like, no, whatever. it's it's definitely not a you know positive talking point for the replaced turf with grass crowd. So no, which I, is I, unfortunate I, because you know we've seen turf cause injuries a lot. So yeah, there's definitely a big enough sample size where, where at least in my opinion, I believe that turf does more damage to the player's health mm-hmm. than than grass. Yep. Yeah, no, I I agree with that take, and <laughs> definitely a a tough thing to see in the Super Bowl. Absurd that we're talking like for Super Bowl right. <laughs> for Super Bowl coverage, we're talking about grass. Should should never happen. Uh, yeah, yeah definitely so ni- nice job, Goodell. And I mean, he also said that uh, the refs have never been better. Yeah, right. No, and the NFL <laughs> officiating. Made, he makes is... that comment, and and of course, officiating uh, has to take part in this game. I yeah. remember coming into the game where okay, like yes, the Chiefs was my biggest rooting interest between the two teams, but I also thought to myself, I just want, I, I don't want the refs to play a part, or yeah. or I want them to get out of the way. Don't don't. <laughs> Yeah, no, of Don't course, blow it, of course like, they did in the end. And like for the most yeah. part, there weren't a whole lot of flags. I know, one, like the, the so. refs were, I think, like outside of the like before the holding call, like outside of the the long reviews, like I thought I thought they called a a good game. Yeah, no, they're letting until, the game play. Like they you know, they, they called fouls when they actually occurred and you know needed to be called, but there weren't a ton of penalties out there. There were Probably just as many times where you thought there was a flag because you saw a Chiefs player's yellow gloves or shoes or whatever than an actual flag on the field. But yeah, I mean, that's that's really it just goes back to that penalty like in that time is the fact that this is like the first time it gets called and it happens to be in a moment that decides the Super Bowl. I love that Greg Olson called out the refs. Yeah, right. I <laughs> the know, biggest he... game, the the biggest moment of the biggest game and and he's on the broadcast and he actually says i wish they didn't call that it's like wow i love that uh-huh. he called them out and you know i think i think for his first super bowl i think he did a 
he did a good job. First and potentially only Super Bowl because know. you know Tom Brady's coming up in 2024, and uh, yeah, I mean I, I, this was something I, in terms of like other talking points about this game, Greg Olson is definitely one of them. I thought Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart were very impressive all season long. Don't have any negative thing to say about the Super Bowl, and apparently. When Tom Brady takes over as the number one broadcaster making $37.5 million a year, Greg Olson is going to take a pay cut. I read $10 million down to $3 million. Yeah, 70% pay cut, which like, if that happens, I don't think he's staying at Fox because I'm looking at CBS and I know they paid Tony Romo a lot of money, but everyone hates Tony Romo right now. I don't know, Jim. (laughs) So like, I think that's a potential spot. And I look at NBC. Chris Collinsworth is old. I think he's eventually going to retire. So I could see them maybe trying to pull in Greg Olson if he decides to hang it up after this next year. And then the remaining spot, I don't know, I guess uh, Thursday Night Football on Amazon. I have no idea how much they're paying Kirk Herbstreet. I, I thought Herbstreet is fine, but he's a college look, guy. Look, Herbstreet. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, I think he's fine, but he's so he's so much better in college. Like, he's, yeah, not, a, he's like, not an NFL guy. And I I feel like he'll get burnt out by doing, you know, Thursday night, Saturday college game day, Saturday night game. Like him and Al Michaels just did not mesh. Like that's not a. It's like they're both great on their own. Him, he's great with Fowler on college football games, but he should stick to that. He should not be in NFL games. No, I I agree with that. I I don't love uh, Kirk Herbstreit trying to to do both of those. I would rather him stick with college football, or at least. You know, the occasional NFL game with Chris Fowler is fun when they did that on Monday Night Football a few years ago. Something like that I would be okay with. Uh, but yeah, I, I think really, Greg Buck Olson and, is going to Buck and Aikman options. are really the only ones where like Monday Night Football, those two, like that's set. But everything mm-hmm. else is kind of t- like up for grabs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of uncertainty around all of them. So. I think, yeah, because I think Olsen will have options if some other network is like, yeah, like we're we need someone like you have proven that you can do the, a big the game. Tony Tony Romo thing. It's really bad now. I I it's so weird that his first couple seasons in the league, I really thought he was good. Like, I, oh, I did too. Like, I, I don't know how I th- much I of think, it was predicting plays versus like just being a good broadcaster because I think he always had the you know like the screeching and yelling aspect to him. I think it was just easier to overlook at times. Maybe but. it's just because he brought so much more energy than Phil Sims. That's like, oh, wow, I this know. is refreshing. We're, we're, we're hearing, Sims. yeah, we're hearing a we're hearing a different guy instead of Phil Sims, who was like he was fine, but he was kind of boring. I did not like Phil Sims. <laughs> you definitely disliked him more than I did. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like just for for Tony Romo, I think I think it's very obvious that he put in the work his first few seasons. But then once he got that payday, yeah, he, he just, just did mails not care it in just, yeah. and just does not care anymore. I He's think just, it's just golfing all week instead. It's so obvious, too. Yeah. And, well, CBS, like there are reports that apparently CBS actually held an intervention with him going into the season. And it, I believe it. it. Help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think Greg Olson will have options if Brady does end up, you know, taking over, honoring that contract and pushing him out in you know, if he doesn't want to take that kind of a, a pay cut, because I, I think he's really good at what he does. So, you know, it, it would be nice to see him in a prominent role as a co- uh, color commentator if an opening at one of those other he, networks. He, yeah, opens he up. gives. I don't want to pump up Greg Olson too much because he gives really good insight. But you know, another thing he does, he lets the situation breathe. Like mm-hmm. he, he's not like Tony Romo making all these weird noises. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Jim, that was so amazing. Uh-huh. Blah, blah, blah. Like it's just Greg Olson. Just, he just 
just just lets the play. Yeah, <laughs> so like, I, I does, watched. He doesn't. I watched doesn't the get in NFL the way. like game recap on YouTube before this, just to you know have it fresh in my mind. And I barely heard Greg Olson on it because, and that's you know, fine. Like he, he only, he he only gives... talks in like replays and stuff. Like he's not talking during the play. Exactly. He he knows when to talk and when to to let the plays happen and let and let Kevin Burkhart talk. Yep. It's just, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think really he brings a lot of insight in being able to like explain situations. And, you know, that was a, a big moment in terms of that penalty. And be like in this game, like in this moment, that's when you're going exactly. to decide to throw a flag. So, yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't get when people say like, Oh, I'd rather have Tony Romo over Greg. Ol-. Like no, at, le- at this point, I mean, no Greg sense Olsen, anymore. Yeah. Greg Olson's much better. than. Tony no, Romo. I mean, you're just thinking of that 2018 AFC championship game. If you're a fan of Tony Romo these days. Yeah. He <laughs> was great. Uh-huh, and it's just... <laughs> I remember, I remember watching that. Like he called every play. Every like, single Oh, play. he's going to, he's going to go to Edelman over the middle right here. And then he's exactly what happened. Like, Oh, if this safety comes here, Gronk, he's going to go to Gronk on this play. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. But I mean, ever since it's just it's been slowly just been downhill, downhill. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess so. Another comment that I want to talk about, just in regards of the you know the penalty and everything, we've talked about the Chiefs' offense. I do want to take some time to talk about specifically the player who was held on that play, Juju Smith-Schuster, because he's someone who pretty much since the day he was drafted by the Steelers and I saw videos of him celebrating being drafted by the Steelers by running into the Pacific Ocean in California like I I loved him he was one of my favorite players for a long time and I think all the hate he got from like outside fans because of his TikTok because of you know other things whatever dancing on the field like I think it just made me more and more of a fan of him just because I'm like People are hating on this guy as much as they hate on player, or like even more than they hate on players with like domestic violence histories and like all these other horrible things. And he's being grouped into that. Uh, to me, he was just a fun player. I loved watching him in the beginning when he was playing opposite Antonio Brown, putting up a ton of numbers and making that, you know, Killer Bees offense even more dynamic. And by the end of his time in Pittsburgh, it was more he was the veteran in the wide receiver room with a bunch of young guys. Uh, you know, the the Heinz Ward type of player that the Steelers hadn't had since he retired. So it was sad when he left the Steelers, but I was happy that of all teams, he was going to Kansas City, playing with Patrick Mahomes. I liked his chances of winning the Super Bowl. I know going into the season, you were very high thinking he's going to be rejuvenated, playing with Mahomes. Injuries he, are still he a wasn't. problem. He had his moments, yeah, but he and- was not... Well, this game he he de- he had a he good was game. oh he, he was great. awesome in he this was game great. yeah seven catches were like the most of the Chiefs fifty three yards only behind Travis Kelsey you know he he had that one drive Tony scored the touchdown but Juju made all the plays on it and I'm really happy that Juju won a Super Bowl I don't know if he's gonna come back to Pittsburgh but he's like one of the players that you know even though he's not playing on my team anymore I do still want to root for him I do still want to see him have success so I think it's it's cool that he won the Super Bowl. Uh, he's getting a lot of heat today because he yeah. posted that Valentine's Day thing. See, uh, I thought that was kind of funny, but at the same time, I I do kind of agree with AJ Brown. Like, hey, congratulations, but like this is lame because Bradbury even admitted that he was tugging on his jersey and like, dude, you you were like at almost out of the league and you needed Mahomes to rejuvenate mm-hmm. you. And it's like, uh, you know, I kind I kind of I I, I like both I like both sides of it where uh, it's kind of funny like, hey, happy Valentine's Day and he has the message with Bradbury's face, like that's funny, yeah, but I, uh, but it's also like what AJ Brown said was also kind of 
kind of true. In, in no, a, I mean, I, I, I get that. I think Brown went like a little too personal because he was pissed off about losing the game. But I mean, Juju has like he won the Super Bowl. So I think, you know, it gives him a little bit of a bragging right. I don't think it was that horrible what he did. But at the same time, I also understand the whole like, yeah, Bradbury like admitted it was holding. Like, it's not like yeah. there's a ton of bad blood about this. Which is situation. why I, I which is why I kind of agree with A.J. Brown a little bit. And I love that he called him TikTok boy. I don't know. I like I just like both sides of it. It's just funny. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I'm not a huge fan of the whole TikTok boy aspect. But again, I was saying, look, Juju won the Super Bowl. Brown didn't. I mean, I Andy Reid, his coach, even called him out with he that did. stuff. He did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did see a video of that. So I don't know what's going to happen with Juju this offseason. He's set to be a free agent. I think, you know, his performance on the season is enough that he's going to get some kind of like upgrade to his contract but i don't know if he's going to be getting another one-year deal like the past yeah, off season. I'm not, someone's going to commit yeah. to him but who knows if he comes back to casey or not but what uh, you know what's great about mahomes is that so they lost they, they don't they didn't have tyree kill anymore and he got that big contract in miami and that's a really important piece to lose in their offense because like he was certainly their best receiver and so what do they do? What do the Chiefs do? They replace them. It's it's not a perfect example, but like kind of like Moneyball, where they lost Giambi, and it's like, how do we replace them? We create them in the aggregate. Yeah, with <laughs> they, three replace them with a bunch yeah. of players. Uh-huh. And so the Chiefs, like they got to replace Tyreek, they got Juju, MVS. They drafted Sky Moore, and even though he kind of sucked until the last touchdown, uh, or his only touchdown this year. Uh, uh, and then they so they got for like they, they replaced them instead of with one guy they got a a bunch of players and then mm-hmm. what's really impressive about Mahomes is that he won an MVP without Tyree Kill and he he's he's been a gunslinger for 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 his whole career basically and then this upcoming year he really uh, changed his game where he wasn't yeah. a gunslinger and he was spreading the ball over the field. And, and that's why people would say like, Hey, I actually think Mahomes will be better without Tyreek. It ended Hill. up being, and even though it sounds stupid, yeah. it actually uh, kind of makes sense because he, he has to reinvent his game a little bit. And so, yep. So that's why, that's what makes Mahomes even more impressive. Yeah, And he had arguably his best season when you, you put in that aspect. I mean, I think he had the most passing yards ever t- despite losing arguably the number one receiver in the NFL. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah it's just insane what he was able yeah. to do, just like a fresh new receiving core. And I think, you know, Travis Kelsey is still there. And I, I think there's going to be another hit when Kelsey leaves. But this is at least evidence to say that Mahomes can continue to have success, even with a new group of receiving talent coming in, that it wasn't just him using Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the league, Tyreek Hill, top three, two, one receiver in the league. He he's able to do yeah, it what, with more weapons. Yeah, what makes him two. great, what makes guys like Brady and and Mahomes great is that they elevate the players uh, around them, even if they're not the best. I mean, mm-hmm. like the, the 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 receivers they have are pretty good. Yeah, I mean they're but all they're all they good all, receivers. But they all but have their moments. That, like, none they're, of they're them very inconsistent. Yeah, like, none of them are like, like ju- Pro Bowl threats at this point. Right, yeah, outside of Kelsey, like just being a tight end, but yeah. but still like. But in terms of like actual wide receivers, right, like. Like Juju was very up and down in great Super Bowl, but he was so so season. Uh, Tony he he made a couple of great plays in this game with the the punt return and then the eventual touchdown. But but like he barely he didn't do much this year outside of that. And then like, Sky Moore was useless most yeah. of the year. McCole Hardman had his moments, but then he got hurt. He got hurt, and, so it was like yeah. 
nothing. And, and then, then, and then MVS, MVS, like, MVS, he'll he'll always have his like two catch sixty nine yard game. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but but he was awesome in the AFC Championship and, game. But uh-huh. other than that, like didn't have a yeah, catch he, in the Super Bowl, just one target. No, so. <laughs> so so even though they're they they are pretty good, but they're not they're really not that great uh, after Kelsey, and so. So that's even just more credit to Mahomes for for winning even without Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I agree with that. So, um, so that that's one other thing. I'm just kind of like looking through my notes here. I think the last thing or two things that I wrote down that we haven't touched on: one, third championship loss for Philadelphia in 99 days. They lost <laughs> the Phillies yeah. and the Union in the MLS on the same day. Now the Eagles. So. It's been it's been rough, and I think like on the one hand, it's like I don't know, coming in second place with three teams is better than what a lot of other cities can say. But at the same time, it's got to be so crushing, getting so close multiple times like that, only to lose. See, I've mentioned that even though Philly Philly fans are ruthless, they are passionate. But you know, at the same time, it's like Boston fans and fans other places like they're passionate but at the same time like philly they're passionate but they also go too far <laughs> like we saw that you see them with the rolling over that car before and, the game like four hours before kickoff like <laughs> not already... even after the game before the game oh it's, just... it's like before the game there's a video of fans in yeah, downtown yeah, philly I saw that. It's yeah just... And it's one yeah, thing to be after passionate, the game, but... like, what do we do? Like, we thought we we're gonna be climbing the poles, celebrating a Super Bowl. Like, do we still do that? <laughs> yeah. They, so, it's one thing to be passionate, but they take it way too far, too. Yeah, I mean, I, what, I what if they win or I've lose? always felt that way. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, they're they're an interesting group of fans to diagnose, and you know, Philly scumbags, I think, is a, a fair term for a reason. I think it's, I understand loving them too, and it you know, a certain degree, but also they're, they're not that hard to root against at the same right. time. So it's like, why am I rooting against the Eagles? Uh, like, uh, Super Bowl 52 is still, still, uh, still bothers me to this day. And their fans are ruthless and, and not yep. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, no, and, I, and Sirianni, I think he's a good coach, but he also kind of bugs he, me too. Yeah. I mean, well, he was someone he's, who got, he's just, he got a lot of heat last year before they started winning games, and then I think everyone kind of forgot about it. But I mean, yeah, the whole the, wearing that like beat Dallas shirt that was uh, so stupid. And then, but at the same time, he he mentioned that was a mistake, and uh, I, I remember watching a a clip where he talked about like, hey, like this was a mistake. I should be wearing stuff like this, and it was like a Devonte Smith shirt. It's like, all right, like this guy definitely learned his lesson. Yeah. And, you know, before the game started, he's crying. Yeah, during the national uh, anthem. During the national anthem. And I remember texting you, like, seriously? Like, all right, it's in the bag. Like, <laughs> he's not ready for this moment. Uh-huh. You know, thinking back on it, it's like, all right, you know what? It's the biggest game of the year, the biggest game of his life. And, you know, you see the national, you see, the, you know, the national anthem's happening. You see all the fans everywhere and the roof's open. And it's like, you know what? It's a cool moment. And, you know, like if he must really like Chris Stapleton, but so Chris you know, Stapleton did a great job with the national. Yeah, he, he was he was pretty good, and so you know what? Like, part of me is like, dude, keep it together. But then you know, looking back on, it's like you know what? Like, I can I get it. Like, it's he did say like, you know, I've been dreaming of this moment my whole life. So right. it was just like the fact that he was there. I 
I think it's kind of funny seeing a lot of people on Twitter saying, "Oh, he just loves his country so much. That's why he's crying during the national." No, anthem. like he probably like, just got no. I think just given the moment, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's the Super Bowl and the national anthem, and it is like a time you know, to sit there and reflect because you know it's a national anthem. During this time of the year, I look back and watch whether it's on YouTube or NFL Network. I watch highlights of past Super Bowls, especially Patriots ones, and. I'll look back on most Super Bowls, but one Super Bowl that I did not care for was Super Bowl 50, the Broncos-Panthers one. Oh, that yeah. was so boring. That was boring as hell. You know what my favorite part of that Super Bowl was? Lady Gaga's national anthem. Amazing. <laughs> I don't remember her national anthem in that one. I, I I go... So, like I said, I go, I'll go back to so many Super Bowls, but for that uh, Super Bowl, I don't go back to the game highlights. I go, go back to the, the national, national anthem. anthem. <laughs> I'm, not yeah. I'm not joking either. <laughs> uh, I remember her, uh, her halftime show more, so... But mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed her national anthem where it's like, all right, if I were a player or a coach in, in the Super Bowl during her national anthem, like, you know what? Maybe I would have uh, had teardrops in that moment, too. So, yeah, I, I probably gave too much crap to Sirianni <laughs> in that moment. But when that happened, all I was thinking was, oh, they're like, oh, he's not ready for this moment. And on the other side, you got a, a quarterback and a coach that have already been to multiple Super Bowls, whether they won or lost, and they have more experience. And so... <laughs> yeah no i know and i i get that i think that's that's a big difference there um and i guess kind of going back to you know philadelphia having lost three straight championships at least they don't have to worry about the flyers losing a championship and i'll go out and say they don't have to worry about the sixers losing a championship either <laughs> oh i mean you know me with the sixers i don't care how good they are in the regular season they're, they're always going to find a way to blow it yeah no they, well, they played the celtics the other day they didn't even have a full roster and uh, the Celtics. I mean, I forgot who they were missing. Like Smart, they're obviously Jaylen, missing yeah, right Smart, now. and I think Jalen Brown was hurt. It was J- right. Al Horford like, might have been out too. So they're missing like several players, and they and the Celtics still won. And even though the Sixers have Embiid and Harden, like come on, mm-hmm. like this, <laughs> uh-huh. they'll probably make this. They'll make the first. Uh, the they'll make the playoffs, semis. of course. Yeah. Even if they make the sec the second round, even if they make the conference semis, like they're Milwaukee and Boston. I'm I'm not gonna pick them over them. It's just. I, I can't take I can I can't ever take them seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about NBA shortly. Yeah. Um, you know, just a, a few more things on the Super Bowl. So the first thing here, Chad Henney announced his retirement after the game by you know he posted a a photo of him on Instagram like drinking a Bud Light in his uniform on the sideline. I thought that was really cool. I mean, Chad Henney is someone he's a Chiefs legend at this point because 2019 Patrick Mahomes gets injured, Henney takes over. I think he went two and one in three starts while Mahomes wasn't playing. Those wins ended up being crucial for the Chiefs being the two seed, which helped him on that Super Bowl run. And then in 2020, filling in in the Browns game, he had that huge third. He's, and he's had to come in play. multiple games, multiple yeah. playoff games, and the Jaguars and game this year too. Yeah, and he's actually done. He actually did pretty decent for uh, for the time being that he was in the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good for him and good for. Uh, Good for guys like Ronald Jones and uh, and Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, <laughs> <Even though> yeah. <laughs> Melvin Gordon, what a year uh, he had! Uh, absolutely hating it, rightfully so, in Denver to yeah, just winning know, a Super Bowl, winning as, a like, Super Bowl, even though it's like doing nothing on a school project and still getting an A. Yeah, and he, I mean, he straight up admitted it. It's like, <laughs> what's the difference between this team? It's like, ah, I didn't do anything, so uh, you know that that helped because I mean, his fumbles are definitely an issue in Denver, so. Uh, it's it's always interesting, like seeing some of these guys. Like, wait, he's on this team now? I totally forgot Gordon was on the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Um, and then and Clyde, it, Ed- and Clyde Edwards are there too. He didn't really. Yeah, I know that was like, you know, first round first pick, round pick and, means nothing to. And this they took, game. and then and then they just take Pacheco in the seventh round. And oh, Pacheco's awesome too. Yeah, like, oh, he's he's so good. You know the you know the cliche like oh no one works harder than this guy no one does this better than that. Like, I, I genuinely believe no one runs harder than Isaiah yeah, Pacheco. Every single time he's out there, and he just we saw him burst off for a few like big runs in this game. The guy's like a mini boulder. Yep, I know, and it, it's he's wild. Tiny, but he him. runs so hard. Yeah, you see him wear ten, and it's just like oh Tyree Kill. No, it's just Isaiah Pacheco, a Chiefs running back, tiny little guy who just runs like he's two hundred fifty pounds over guys. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, the, the last thing about the Super Bowl, kind of the transition here, is Rihanna's performance in the halftime show. And I think my like biggest immediate takeaway from this is I always forget just how many awesome songs Th- Rihanna that was. Has. That was my <laughs> takeaway was as well. Is that I think she was. I think she was fine. Like I'm, I'm seeing a lot of opinions on. They're going too far in one direction or the other, where it's uh, like, oh, best time, best halftime show best ever. ever, worst ever, best like ever one, yeah. And then, and then I see ones where like, oh, she was so bad. Like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm leaning towards the the good side of it, but like, she, I don't know. Like, she was, I, I feel like it was missing something. Like, I don't know if she brought enough, didn't bring enough energy, or I would have loved to see Jay Z or Kanye in one of those songs. <laughs> Kanye, that, like, she, Kanye, she brought, up, yeah, would have she was never happened, all of the lights, like... and I'm like. <laughs> Like, is uh, Kanye gonna show up out of nowhere? I would have loved it. It would have been. It would have been insane. World, yeah, just to see the world lose their mind. I would have uh-huh. loved it. Uh, and then she she brought up um, she sung "Run This Town" for for a bit. And yeah, I, so, so I thought Jay Z could have been Jay Z, maybe Jay Z or Kanye. And oh, true. Yeah, yeah, she has so. she has so many hits. It's it's absurd how many hits she has. So that's why I really enjoyed about it is that like every song that she played, I I knew. And, and, and liked and so yeah i had the same takeaway as well where yeah she's had 12 like, number one singles and oh, that's crazy yeah and i mean the whole time i'm like i think my my takeaway so i'm singing along to every song the whole time but i'm just like that's all i was doing it's like i might as well have just been like listening to her on spotify i think it was a good show like she has great hits but i don't know if it was a great performance i don't know how much of it was the fact that her special guest was her baby like saying hey, yeah I'm pregnant. so <laughs> like, she couldn't she was you know pregnant, put on a so good show like, I don't, so for people that are crapping on her it's like i mean she's pregnant like i don't know like how much of how much that affects her performance but uh-huh. yeah like it, like yeah she had uh uh found love in a hopeless place and Diamonds, Umbrella. Yeah, Diamonds is the last one. Yeah, Umbrella, like you knew she was going to do that. I was hoping for um, like Ponder Replay, uh, SOS, like some of the other like real big throwbacks there, but we didn't get those. We didn't get Disturbia. Um, Pour it up, she did. Yeah, Bitch Better Have My Money was the first yeah, that one. one. That one, I told you, like when she, uh, st- when she started with that one, like that would not have been my guess No, what her startup would be. Uh-huh. But I mean, it was also just like, she has so many great songs that like, there are like so many that just don't even come to mind right away. And I'm just like looking through, I'm like, man, like, oh yeah, this is her, work this is her. Work was another yeah, one that work. she did. Uh, I mean, I'm just like looking at some of them. So like, song like Take a Bow, she would never do at the Super Bowl. No. She would um, not do that. S and M would would have been a fun one. I don't know if that's a Super Bowl song, but uh, and like she's also in "Love the Way You Lie" with Eminem. Um, she, you know, we said all of the lights. Uh, she does the four or five seconds with Kanye and Paul McCartney. That was the Paul one McCartney, I talked. Right. Yeah, thought about. I didn't think she'd do that one. No, but... I didn't think so either. But like, I was like, oh, how do we get Kanye out here? I totally forgot she's in all of the lights. She's also in you... um, 
lightning you, with you Calvin said, Harris, which I like didn't even occur to me like that's Rihanna. Yeah, so. you you mentioned uh, don't stop the please don't stop the music, right? Um, no, I didn't even mention that one. Like, oh, you didn't even mention one. that? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, she she has so many hits. Yeah. Uh, What's my name? Rude boy. Only girl in the world. Like all these, just like straight number one songs. Not even like top ten hits. Like they, they, these are number one singles. It's just, it's crazy how many songs she has. And I think in the end, like I enjoyed it because it was Rihanna. I know the songs. I think anyone who is our age is going to at least know these songs. Like you've heard right. them before. You know the words. You're gonna sing along. She might not be your favorite artist. I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, I wouldn't put Rihanna in my top. 25 favorite artists like she's not someone to come to mind but in terms of overall songs i know and enjoy she's probably top 25 because she has so many great songs it's exact, like yeah i know all of these like yeah that's a fun song so maybe i need to opinion. reevaluate my opinion of her i realized i started adding so many of her her um like spotify you know uh whatever like <laughs> i was doing that too i was like oh yeah like why do like, i not I had, have I any had plenty of songs I had plenty of songs but it just made me realize like wow like there's I really so do many know more out there way more uh rihanna songs or tracks that, uh-huh. that i realized and so, so basically we have the exact same opinion yeah. on, on <laughs> halftime show yeah no I mean, she's great i think that's really like the biggest takeaway whether this was like just a really good artist singing a lot of really good songs versus an actual great performance i don't know if that matters i enjoyed it uh I did. Too. I think last year's was better in terms of like the overall show and like all the pizzazz to it. It, w- it was a spectacle what they did in in LA with all those different artists coming out and but like this year was it was good in its own way. And it had talking moments like there were a ton of memes like saying it was like a super smash bros map with like all the the platforms and like people talking about the dancers like how like weird all of them were (laughs) dancers were definitely weird (laughs) yeah but uh yeah i mean i I think that they did they did a fine job i was glad they got rihanna out there it was entertaining i enjoyed it in the end like that that's really all that matters like they've been halftime shows that i don't like this is not one of them so i i agree yeah yeah. So like, it was was it perfect? No, but but it was one where I enjoyed more. So it would have been difficult for her not to put on a good show in the end, like one that we liked. It's just because she has so many hits that it's like you just pick a bunch of random songs for your discography. It's like, yeah, we're we're gonna like this. We're gonna enjoy it. So Kanye would have been just wild. Like we would oh. people would be talking <laughs> about that more than the game itself. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I was this, ready for it too. Yeah, even <laughs> though the special so guest bad. just ended up being her, you know, her, the announcement of her her baby. Um, I I'm not. Think. I'm not saying it would have been the right call. Definitely for him would to be not there. have been. No, no, I I'm think just, it would have been I'm hilarious. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying it for to spite people. I would have loved uh-huh. it. <laughs> yeah, no, I never thought it was an actual possibility that she would bring him out. But yeah, I mean the the fact that it was but like, once all the lights showed oh, up, I was I just waiting know. for him to show uh, up. Yep. Yep. So I guess let's kind of transition out of the Super Bowl at this point and let's talk about other NFL news from this past weekend. So we kind of touched on, you know, the, the Cardinals hiring Jonathan Gannon, Colts, Shane Steichen, Eagles lose both of their coordinators, both seem like fine hires to an extent. Obviously, Gannon didn't play great in the Super Bowl, but uh, I think one thing that is being talked about is the fact that both the Eagles coordinators and a losing effort get hired immediately after the Super Bowl while Eric Bieniemy still isn't a head coach. I think that's kind of like the biggest takeaway right now. Well, for the cult, the first, uh, what's his name? Uh, Shane Steichen. St- Shane Steichen. 
I mean, the Colts and Eagles really just do share corners. Yeah, just and following the Frank Reich <laughs> trend like, here. Yeah, I feel like they they constantly going back and forth with each other there. But yeah, I, it's it's really odd that Bianami still doesn't have a job, like a head coaching job or whatever. But at the same time, people bring up his past, uh, of you know, of things that he's done off the field, uh, and and it's like that's probably part of the reason why he hasn't found a head coaching job, and you know. Obviously, people will bring up the Rooney rule and that, like, okay, he's African-American. Maybe that's part of the reason why guys like him, Flores, and others can't get head coaching jobs. I mean, at least D'Amico Ryan's got a head coaching job, so that helps. Uh-huh. But it is odd that he hasn't gotten a head coaching job. And there are talks about him getting offensive coordinator jobs with Washington yeah, or elsewhere. Right. And, you know, part of me thinks, like, I mean, I would rather stay in Kansas City, but at the same time, you can't really prove yourself until you're not with Kansas City. You're not with Andy Reid and Mahomes, and so mm-hmm. I'm curious what happens with him. Whether if he stays or takes a, I think he's gonna go because I think at this point that's the only way he's gonna get a head coach job elsewhere is if he is a coordinator, not with Andy Reid, not with Patrick Mahomes, and he's the one who's actually calling plays. Now I don't know if Washington's a great situation. We have no idea who their quarterback is gonna be. But, I mean, at least he would have the opportunity to show some stuff, and that could really launch him into a hire, or it'll just be another talking point of, like, man, yeah, the enemy really didn't do anything. It was all reading Mahomes the whole time if, you know, commanders still can't find a quarterback and their offense still sucks. Yeah, you just, you can't really prove yourself until you're not on Kansas City. I mean, it's great to be there because you get to... You mm-hmm. get to be the OC for the the best team or best two offense. Super Bowl rings, yeah. Two Super Bowl rings, and Andy Reid's obviously a great offensive mind and a and likable personality, and so it's a great situation. But yeah, like you're not gonna prove yourself until you're elsewhere. It's like so, you know. One example as a Patriots fan, there you know there've been a lot of talks about like is Mayo gonna go somewhere else, and, and he didn't. But and you know a lot of people talk about Steve Belichick. Coach uh, Bill Belichick's son. And it's like you know, like he's, you know, on the defensive side, and it's like, is he going to take over for Bill when Bill retires? It's like, well, people are always going to look at him and not take him seriously until he's somewhere else. Uh, if if he were to go somewhere else besides New England, so like just just an example of. Like, yeah, I mean, well, I think Gerard Mayo is essentially the head coach in waiting. The fact that yeah, like keep he really around, is the head coach. Like, in that's waiting. what it feels like. And, I mean, but we also thought that about Josh McDaniels, and yeah, you know, McDaniels has already gone and it's somewhere just else. Too long for him yeah. to get the job, and so uh-huh. he went elsewhere. Yeah, but yeah, in terms of uh, you know, the Eagles guys, like yeah, I mentioned earlier that it's not a great look for Gannon uh, getting a job, getting giving up thirty eight points in the Super Bowl, and immediately getting a head coaching job, and it's. I can go either way, whether if that's Shanahan route or Patricia route, and so we'll see how that works out. I mean, it's the Cardinals. Like I, can't I know. Take them well, the, ever. the the reports are that they had such a hard time hiring a head coach because nobody wanted to work with Kyler Murray. So that's a that's a which, bad situation. It, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, uh, this this year it's like, a rebuild and it's a, a long one fire. too. Uh huh. I know, especially I, I with Murray know, I, being injured, like he, him being injured and being s- someone that's not easy to coach. Like, I mean, I, I, again, great talent, but mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't love that situation at all. Uh, no, that, no, and that's I why don't I mentioned. Either. That's why I mentioned a while back that I know he's the number one pick and he's a great talent, and all that. But like, I would have ser- seriously considered not signing him. And, and, mm-hmm. and extending it. Oh yeah, and, and no, just, and we we had those conversations. Yeah, because like, we're, mean, we're talking about the Eagles. Uh-huh. Look, they they had Wentz, and he was good for a time, and he was a near MVP winner at one point until he got hurt. But then he struggled, and 
you know, instead of waiting it out, they decide let's get let's let's draft the next guy. Let's go get Hurts, yep. and then they moved and it, on from Wentz. And that's one thing that's really impressive the, about the Eagles is that whenever they make a mistake, like whether it's whether it's uh, you know extending Wentz or drafting a guy like Jalen Rieger. They don't. They don't prolong it. Like they don't. No, like, hold they, on. they move. They on. don't hold on to hope. Like uh, no. Like they're just like nope. This was a mistake. Let's go find the next guy. Let's go get Hurts. Let's go get AJ Brown. And yeah. so, yeah. Like that's just. So I. I like. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I guess we didn't talk about it earlier, but now the Eagles are gonna have to pay Jalen Hurts this offseason. You definitely do that, but you know they. This was their best chance of being a Super Bowl team, given the construction of their roster. Um, you know, they'll have one more year of Hertz on this, this contract, but it's going to be, it's going to be much tougher for them. They're not going to be able to just acquire all these like veteran cast offs, sign them to big money contracts. And, you know, it's going to be like much more difficult for them to build a, a super team. So, yeah, I mean, for, for, for Steichen, it's, it's kind of like when Reich left where, Okay, is it him that's making all this magic happen, or is it like their loaded offense, their receivers, their quarterback, their uh, O line? And so we'll see how that goes for him. Like if if he can, you know, rebuild a, a Colts team that is in desperate need of a quarterback and not a a thirty seven year old veteran quarterback. Yeah, like they an need, actual. They need to draft someone. An actual, yeah, an actual uh-huh. <laughs> quarterback Young, that's in the rookie beginning yeah. of his career. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I think it's kind of a good transition into our you know, our next few talks here. So, the Raiders today officially released Derek Carr. There were reports they were letting him go talk to the Saints and about potential trade. And I think in the end, Carr said he didn't want to restructure a con- his contract, so he just wants a straight up release, and he can go from there. So, uh, definitely uh, an unceremonious ending to his time in Las Vegas. And I know you and I both have been very high on Derek Carr the last few years. So it was, it was tough for me seeing how things played out in 2022. Yeah. I, I just think he's a good dude. That's all. I, uh, I mean, yeah, middle of the pack quarterback, but there are things to like about Derek Carr and there are things that there aren't. I mean, when it comes to Derek Carr, he'll make three or four amazing throws a game where it's like wow like th- he's got all the arm talent like why why doesn't he do this all the time and and then he'll make the and then but every game not only he'll not only will he do that but he'll also make a boneheaded decision and, and you're thinking like what the hell was he thinking on that so yep i think that's yeah, that's the Derek Carr experience that's the Derek Carr experience and i correct me if i'm wrong but like isn't this a kind of like a win-win situation for both him and the raiders because for Carr he can decide wherever decide where he wants to go whether that's new orleans or wherever yeah carolina and then when it comes the to the jets. raiders like, <laughs> like they, they get out of his pay. contract yeah yeah they get rid of his deal <laughs> so, yeah and they, they can go in a number of directions from here now so and so even though Derek carr won't be getting the the same money uh he, he wasn't was, going to regardless because the team wasn't going to trade for him without right. renegotiating the contract so at least so, now he can have some pride when it comes to signing a new contract instead of lowering his current one Right, so even though he's was never gonna get that kind of money, he gets to pick wherever he wants to go. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing I, his mindset is is like, if I'm gonna be making less money this year, I don't want the Raiders to get anything back for me in a trade. Like, you know, I'd rather them just lose me and not replace me with anything. That that's kind of my my idea on this situation because I'm sure that he's not very happy with how things are unfolding there. Uh, lots of reports about him and Josh McDaniels not being on the same page. So. Uh, definitely not a surprise and 
One of the quarterbacks who's rumored to replace Derek Carr is Aaron Rodgers, but he still needs to decide his NFL future. So what is he doing to determine whether he wants to keep playing, whether he wants to keep playing Green Bay or go elsewhere? The natural thing, and that's a four-day darkness retreat in the woods somewhere. He's, he's so weird. He's so <laughs> weird. Is this what happens when you get that rich? Like You just become weird and you do all these... Do Every, all these crazy things like that. I wouldn't last. So he, it's a four day darkness. Yeah, four day is what it's being branded as. Yeah, I wouldn't last four minutes. I, I, I couldn't <laughs> do that. Like, there's a reason why I have a nightlight in my room. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> because okay. if I don't have that, it's pitch dark and I don't know where I'm going. And yeah. So, and I have to lean on muscle memory. And so that that I don't get it with him. Like, so if you go on this, like, how do you? How do you go to the bathroom? <laughs> I don't. I don't know exactly do do? the whole situation. I mean, yeah, it's a wild thing <laughs> that he's doing. I, I, I assume he has to have like some form of like functioning. I don't know if it darkness is just like in the dark in terms of like his phone and technology and his connection to the real world. Like that's part of what I'm thinking it is. Like, why does he have to be in pitch black for four days? Like, there's no way. I, I, right? I couldn't do You'd that. You'd go insane. I would. I, that's like what I just said. Like I wouldn't last four minutes. I would lose my mind in four uh, minutes. I just like how do you like? Yeah, like how do you go to the bathroom? Like how do you eat? Like, are, you, are you cooking stuff? Are they giving stuff to you? Like, yeah, how, like do you bring why, stuff? Right. That's why I don't think it's like super literal in terms of darkness, um, like pitch black darkness. But yeah, I mean that's uh. It's a wild thing he's doing, and I, I think I it'd be crazy to walk away from all the money that he'd have this year because, I mean, he could still play football. Like, I know things didn't go great for the Packers this year, but he proved by the end that he still has something in him. Look, look if part of me thinks he he, uh, he stayed in Green Bay just to get the money and then leave, kind of like an NBA thing when, like, yeah, you right. know how in the NBA – you take a five year. You can get a five year max deal yeah. if you stay, but four uh-huh. if you go. Like maybe he, maybe he stayed in Green Bay so he can ca- get the big payday. Maybe that was the biggest elsewhere. payday he can get, yeah. and then he'll leave the next year. Uh, yeah, well, going, I think that's kind of south what he, for them. What he said about it was like, "I'm staying in Green Bay," but I feel like he downplayed the fact that he signed a four year contract extension with them. So, yeah, I think I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it'll be the Jets, but. They make a lot of sense. It's, look, the Raiders make sense because of Devontae, but it's with McDan- like McDaniel's him and him and Rogers together. That's basically Patriots West. Like, is that really good fit? I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, no, I, I mean, yeah, the the whole Nathaniel Hackett hire made it seem like the Jets would be a, a reasonable spot. I think the Jets are relatively desperate when it comes to getting a a quarterback. I could, I could, so. Yeah, I I could I could see being the Jets. I I, I can't imagine them having Zach Wilson as their starter just no he's he's so bad I think it's more of a question of do they get Rodgers or do they settle for like Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr Ryan that's another guy Jimmy he could end up with the Jets with Robert Sala and reconnect with him or he could he could end up on the Raiders yeah I could if I were to predict right now what happens I would I would my prediction total guess would be Jimmy goes to to Las Vegas and 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 Rogers goes to the Jets, but it's a total guess. Rogers yeah, could would, easily stay in Green Bay. The Raiders are an interesting one because what they have the seventh overall pick, so they're in a position where they can draft their next quarterback instead of you know signing someone in free agency that if too. that's the route they want to go. Uh, but they could do both. So I guess we'll see. Uh, <laughs> that defense, that defense needs major help. Yeah, it, it really does. I, I'd, I'd I mean, be I mean their offensive line that. could too. So like they they have my a lot plan- of holes. 
I I would if I were the Raiders, like I would want Jimmy because at least so McDaniel's has obviously experience with Jimmy and helping mm-hmm. him uh, when he had to come in for Brady. Yep. Uh, for that short time, and then even just like as the backup working, but just even as backup, right? And and then and then that that defense needs so much help, and so like that's that's what I'm focusing on. I mean, they can go either route though, but that's just uh, me. Yeah. So I guess one one last you know thought on this. So this is a, a viral tweet by at ogxgz. You might have seen this one. He tweeted this at 10:13 p.m. on Sunday night. Mahomes out here about to win his second ring on a bad ankle and my quarterback in a cabin with no power somewhere smoking crack. (laughs) (laughs) I did not see that. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Just really puts in perspective the, you know, Mahomes versus Rodgers right now. Oh, it's not even close. I shouldn't say it's not close, but I think Mahomes is a winner. They're the last two MVPs. Yeah, it's, but so no, I shouldn't I say get it's it. not close. Yeah. But I'd so much rather have Mahomes. I I just think it's yeah. oh, I you'd be crazy not to. Uh, the guy is a clear winner, and Rogers. I know he has one Super Bowl, but the guy just does not perform perform well whatsoever in the in the the biggest moments for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah, so Mahomes won MVP second of his career uh, at NFL honors on Thursday night, ton of other awards were handed out. Any thoughts on any, any others? Yeah. I mean, Justin Jefferson, that's who I thought would win offensive player of the year to start the year. And, and that happened. And then, yeah, Nick Bosa won defensive player of the year. Great call, Ben. Uh, yep. I'll probably, you know, I'm just going to give you a, a preview of my bold call for the AFC. Uh, AFC East is that Matthew Judon will win uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Just given that you 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 predicted TJ Watt <laughs> being the fan uh-huh. of the Steelers, and then Ben picked uh, uh, Bosa being a fan of the Niners. Like, oh yeah, I'll I'll just pick Judon just being a fan of the Pats. You know, and, so you and he was in the running the for a bit going. at one point. Yeah, no, he yeah, definitely so, was. I mean, he's yeah, the most so, likely player in the Patriots right now. Yeah, so. yeah, and so so let's go with, uh, early bold call for defensive player of the year for next season. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> hope, I, hope hope that trend continues. I I won't make any um, predictions for awards. I'm yet, I'm, but. I'm half joking, but uh, but that trend uh, is is pretty pretty wild. That's happened two years in a row. Uh, yeah. But no, nothing, another award to mention. Yeah, comeback player of the year. I'm glad I'm glad Geno Smith won it. But at the same time, I do wish there was a a most, most improved, improved. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, where did Gino come back from? He came back from sucking. <laughs> right, I know it was the same thing as Ryan Tannehill a few years ago winning it. I agree. I wish there was most improved and comeback could have gone to someone like Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey or, or Barkley, Barkley. right? Yeah, instead, who came back from injuries and you know lost seasons as opposed to just being a backup quarterback, just being a bad, you know? bad backup quarterback, right? Uh, yeah, most so, improved would be a good award. I'm surprised they don't have that one, but. Yeah, I mean, it I'm, basically, I'm surprised. I, I, won two uh, most improved player uh, awards on my bantam basketball I, team. <laughs> I won it in bantam as well. <laughs> so I'm surprised if, if it's in bantam basketball and we're both winners of that on our teams. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised there isn't one in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it makes a lot of sense for them to do that. Just so that way you can kind of separate those two types of comebacks. So. Uh, regardless, I mean, I, I still think Gino was fine winning the comeback player of the year, just given and then, what and then he Dayball did win nowhere. coach of the year. Yep, yeah, that even though sense. there were, you could have made a case for like eight guys for that award. Uh-huh. I think I think Dayball was the right choice. Yeah, just the, the expectations for the Giants of what ended up happening. I think that he definitely <laughs> to make to it win. to the division round is uh-huh. uh, is incredible with that team. Yep. 
Yeah, I guess like for me, the only one that I have a complaint about is the Walter Payton Man of the Year because I I thought Cam Hayward was finally gonna win it. It was his fifth time being nominated. So and like there were there were a ton of interviews before like he was on NFL Network. Like they were, it felt like they're really hyping him up, and they ended up giving it to Dak Prescott instead. And I don't want to take away from Dak. I think everyone knows his story and like what he's done, but it did lead to a lot of jokes on the internet about Dak being generous, giving the ball away to to other teams throughout the year <laughs> yeah it's a great joke and i i also love that uh it, it's it's wrong but at the same time funny that when he was presented the award or at the super honor bowl. with the award the super uh, bowl <laughs> all the fans, Eagles were, booing fans him. were booing uh-huh. it's like of course i, mean, I think it's, like, it's hilarious i think so. i think it's lame to to boo a player for that kind of award, but then at the same time it's like all right well it is the, the rival team that's in yeah, the super exactly. bowl it's like all right it makes sense I, so i love that when when dak prescott's name was announced and they started booing him dak I love that he knew, was like and smiling and laughing. Yeah, about he, it. he immediately yeah. knew it's like, all right, it's the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think that made it a little better. Uh, but it is like kind of wild, like thinking about it, because I, I don't know that, like, there are many rivalries where fans would do that outside of Philly Dallas. <laughs> like that, that feels like one of the, <laughs> the big ones. Like I'm just like thinking, like if I'm at the Super Bowl and like a Ravens player would have win that, I don't think that I would start booing them. But you know, it's Philly again. They're just a special kind of fan base. I, cu- I couldn't <laughs> boo anyone for that award unless right? they were like a horrible person that won the award. Right? Like but... if like Deshaun Watson won the award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly my point. That uh-huh. if it was someone like him that uh, that won the award, then like yeah, It'd then be I'd be booing. Uh-huh. But but if it's just a normal football player, <laughs> like what, regardless of the team, then I'm not gonna boo the guy yeah. for something like that for an award. Oh like yeah, that. Uh-huh. crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I guess so. Lastly, Hall of Fame class of 2023 announced. I don't know who didn't get in in terms of who got in. Like, you know, I think it's a it's a fun class. I didn't really know any of the older players, but in terms of like some of those younger guys, Darrell Revis, no doubter. Oh, for uh, sure. Joe I, I loved Revis, even though he yeah. was on the Jets. Like I was definitely a Revis. His guy. 2009 he, season. Just that season's insane. A, All the he guys. had to cover like five of the best receivers in the league, and he shut down all of them. Like, maybe, yeah. maybe not. Sh- maybe not. Well, Moss. Well, Moss was like okay, but for so for there, his skill the set, this graphic that was aired on NBC. It was notable wide receivers held under 35 yards in 2009. Andre Johnson, Randy Moss twice, Marcus Colson, Trell Owens twice, Torrey Holt, C. Smith, Reggie Wayne, Chad Ochocinco. That's that's crazy. Under 35 yards, like all of those. All guys. those guys Half of them are Hall of Famers. Like all those guys. Yeah, even the ones that weren't like Hall of Fame players, like Marcus Colston, he wasn't uh, like he was Hall of he Famer, but he was a Saints very good receiver on the Saints for a time. I mean, that that team was 13 and 0, won the Super Bowl that year. So. Yeah, just yeah, he, insane. Yeah, Reeves, uh, there, 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 there isn't a corner like him in the league right now. No. He was a true shutdown corner. I was definitely, I'm, I was so glad he came to the Patriots, even if it was just for one year. And uh, one I was all about that move. Yeah, and uh, I mean Joe Thomas, another one like no surprises, oh, uh, like no the doubter. one good player on the Browns. The, the one thing, I, the one thing to like about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, for a while. I mean, even then, like he still has like made some comments that I, I'm not a huge fan. Oh, of, so you, like, you even like Joe Browns Thomas? <laughs> for the, no, I liked him as a player. As like whatever. I mean, he retired before the Browns became good. You're, you're talking is, about his commentary, like on NFL Network. Like, yeah, just a, like well, like he's just like he he takes part in the Steelers Browns rivalry. Is my thing. So oh, like. Okay. I'm like whatever. I you right. know, it's I'm not gonna take away from him as I a guess player, I don't really have a like, take there, gonna, but it's just, but uh, it's just that there aren't a lot of good things to say about the Cleveland Browns, but he's one of them. 
Yeah, no, and it, it, that's totally fair. I'm not saying like I oh like he sucks or anything. It's just like I'm not gonna you know rave about this guy. Right. Uh, Demarcus Ware also gets in. I mean, he was yeah, a force with a Dallas. Choice. Won a Super Bowl with Denver. It was one where I like I was like a little surprised at first, but I'm like, yeah. I mean, no, he was he sense. was a force in Dallas, and like you said, won a Super Bowl in Denver. He, yep. he was good. Yeah, and Zach Thomas got in. Like he'd been on the ballot for a long good, time. Good like, Miami Dolphin linebacker. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I I liked him. He was he was a good choice. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any complaints. About I'm definitely the Super Bowl not class. when it comes to like the baseball Hall of Fame. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm scorching mad about everything. But when it comes uh, to the football Hall of Fame, it's like, oh, I, I like that guy. He was good. He, he's worthy. Uh-huh. So I, I give soft takes when it comes to the NFL. When it comes to the Hall of Fame, but baseball, just yeah, no, <laughs> like I, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure what your thoughts would be. Um, on yeah, this uh, Ronde Barber. I, I, yeah, Ronde Barber. Who's the other one? Like, oh, okay, yeah. you didn't say that. Yeah, Ronde no, Barber. I didn't he say him, good. but yeah, he was. I was like, I'm missing one other player. Yeah, just I mean, him, him and his brother were kind of you know staples of like my early days of uh, being an NFL fan. So it makes me feel old when guys like that are in the hall. <laughs> like I, I feel like I was watching this guy in high school. What happened? Uh, yeah, <laughs> or oh, even I mean, or even we earlier. Were. No, I say we were watching in middle school in a lot of cases. Middle school. So yeah. Ah, oh, that's that's bad. Yep. <laughs> yep. So anyway, I think that'll do it for our NFL talks uh we will get back to the super bowl you know the final piece that we haven't discussed but before then let's switch gears completely let's talk about the nba and some might even call it the super bowl of the nba the nba trade it deadline. is <laughs> like, uh, the best thing about the nba is the, the all the trades and the the free agency moves and uh in july oh it's the best when it comes to the nba <laughs> yeah not yeah, the I mean, actual product itself uh-huh. <laughs> the 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 moves that happen it's it's it wildly is, entertaining it is so much fun i mean i i definitely agree with that uh to a, a large extent uh you know i mean the celtics being really good the past few years have made it like okay like i actually enjoy the product still but the off-season stuff and the trade deadline it, it's always big and this year was huge in terms of both the quantity of trades like Woj and Shams just going back and forth competing with each other trying to break more trades but also the quality of players who are moved and I mean the, the really the big thing that is relevant at a large scale and definitely with us is the demise of the Brooklyn Nets trading Kyrie Irving who requested a trade just a you know a week before the deadline he gets shipped out to Dallas and then a few days later um, Kevin Durant gets traded to Phoenix and that Brooklyn Nets oh, big three. What what just, a meltdown! What a disaster that turned out. What to a be. disaster! At the same time, I don't blame Brooklyn that much because you know to win the NBA, you got to have the stars. And what did they do? They sold out to get Durant, Kyrie, and Harden. So yeah, like all three of those guys, you can certainly question their their makeup, their 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 personality when it comes to you know being you know good role models or good good uh uh they're they're wildly talented, but uh. You know, when it comes to like winning, winning a, you know, winning a championship. I mean, even though, even though two of the three have, have rings, but like together, it's just mm-hmm. not a great mesh in terms of, uh, you know, good leadership. Uh, but especially, you know, Kyrie, like just, just the worst. Uh, I mean, it's crazy that they, it's kind of crazy where like Brooklyn was good at one point. Like they were, they won like eighteen out of twenty games. They were second in the East, and yeah, like I thought, like all right, like wow, they're they're for real now. They, they looked make... legit. Yeah. I was I was gonna take them seriously. I've always mentioned like oh Philly, I'll never take seriously. But Brooklyn, I was like all right, like 
all right, these guys are playing well right now. I got to take them a little bit more seriously. But then all of a sudden, Kyrie wants a trade because because he's Kyrie Durant Irving. Got hurt. Things I know things weren't going well after Durant got hurt, and yeah, I mean it's one of oh, those shit. where it's like we shouldn't have been like surprised by it because he asked out in the summer, but it felt like things were going well. It felt enough like things were good, season. but then yeah, but then. But then, of course, yeah, of course, Kyrie wants out, and then rightfully so, Ke- KD wants out once yep. Kyrie gets traded. It's just what a meltdown. I, I, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, this is probably too hot of a take, but I think he's the worst teammate in the history of sports. Uh, he's just <laughs> just the worst. Uh, he, it's, I wish you just go away. Uh, like I just go do it. Do an individual sport for all. I the care. amazing thing about Kyrie is that the media says that like all of these like negative things about him, ripping on him, and it feels like players just never have anything bad to say about him. Like no, no matter how much he destroys like, t- t- teams, t- t- it's like I just don't understand. He he, it. he he ruined the Celtics, but Tatum Brown like there's they're still boys of him, and I, I it sucks as a Celtics fan. Uh-huh. Fans hate him. Yeah, but the players are like, oh, like Kyrie, he's awesome. They just like, love his talent. Like, like I, I don't understand it. Like how I they don't can just it. look past it. Like the way he does this everywhere he goes. In Cleveland, he wants to be the number one guy. You know, just he he's playing with LeBron James. He could win multiple championships with him. They just win the one title together, and he gets straight to Boston to be the number one guy. And says, ah, never mind. I don't want to be number one guy. I want to team up with Kevin Durant. And then that doesn't go well, and he ends up getting traded from there and yeah he, he yeah he wanted to be the guy so he wanted out of cleveland he he wanted like he's basically mini lebron when it comes to like you know their their personalities their egos and he wanted to be the man and then once he realized he couldn't be the man he want he wanted out and he wanted to pair up with kd mm-hmm. and then and like you said he wanted then he wanted out again and it's just like oh well you know Brooklyn, they they never really believed in me, or they never really trusted me. Like, how could you trust him? Yeah, right. <laughs> like he he left he left uh, the 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 Nets for a point in time uh, to do whatever, and and then yeah, just like chilling, and just Not chilling, and then going to his like family's like their sister's like birthday or whatever. Even though I don't know, like the middle of a pandemic, not getting a vaccine. Of course, of course, he's an anti-vaxer, and then and then all this stuff with anti-Semitism. It's just. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah, the the worst. A PR nightmare. I mean, uh, yeah, N- Dallas. Dead, I, I I understand them wanting to make this move and like seeing what can happen in half a season. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic combining them together. They didn't have to give up a ton. They gave up no. like a twenty twenty nine first round pick. Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Smith are good players, but it's not like they're you know future. Like they invested a lot. Yeah. In yeah them. So- so, so they didn't have to give up a lot. So it's like, all right, like whatever. Like, yeah, like but which side would I rather have? Amazingly, I think I'd rather have Kyrie. But yeah. it's like, but I mean, it's a <laughs> fun backcourt skill wise. Uh, but it's just uh, like, you, I just feel like it'd be like Rage on Rondo all over again. Where if you remember, he got traded to Dallas and he was there for like a half a year or whatever. And yeah. Then, and then he was out. Yeah, just, no, I mean, he's an unrestricted free agent. If it doesn't work out, then he he'll just, probably go to he'll go break. he'll go back to daddy. He'll go back and to the Lakers. I mean, that's go back to yeah, that, that that's definitely been talked about a lot in the last year. So I love I, how I Mark Cuban. I, mean, I, I love how Mark Cuban. He he mentioned like, oh well, we have the best ball handler in the league. And now we have Kyrie, the second best ball handler league. It's all it's over. Like you, <laughs> you, you, you ruined his ego already. Like uh-huh. you should have said he's the best, but yeah, because he called him the second best, best like no, nope. <laughs> great. Now you don't appreciate him. <laughs> so I believe Kyrie has been their leading scorer in every game since the trade happened. Is that 
Like I'm like I think double I think checking so. that now. I, he's I mean, he definitely yeah. was at least before their most recent game against Minnesota, which you know they they lost in that. Game. I believe Dallas will be good for the time being, but it's just like uh-huh. Harden when he went to to Philly. And, and paired up with Embiid, everything was like sunshine and rainbows because they were they were beating teams like Minnesota, like Minnesota when they were like bad, <laughs> or, or yeah. like or not bad uh, but like okay, and 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 they're like having the time of their lives. But then all of a sudden they get to the playoffs and then hard and like is a no show. And then and it's just that that I feel like that'll be that's what will happen. It'll be sunshine and rainbows with with Luca and Kyrie. It's like oh look at these guys, they make such a great backcourt. They're the next big thing. Blah blah blah. They get to the playoffs, they get to the second round, and then they lose to Phoenix or or whomever. And and then and then Kyrie will bitch about something and then want out. Yeah, no, I already I, know the I story. Can totally I can write it. it I can write way. the story right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I, I I can't really you know critique that. I I. I'm very intrigued to see how this plays out, but I'm not optimistic that like the Mavericks are all of a sudden gonna you know go to the NBA Finals because they. I think I think they'll be good, and I think they'll be a playoff team and a top for sure. They'll probably be they'll probably get home court uh, in the first round. I I can see the West. The West is an interesting conference. Like there's a lot of teams that are pretty close together. Although that can totally change now that Durant is in Phoenix. I I thought John Morant said there's there's nothing to worry about in the West. It's just the Celtics. (laughs) You know, there there wasn't anything, and then all of a sudden, there's a lot of things to worry about. <laughs> Ever I mean, since that me, take, the West is just getting more loaded, just way better. I know, and as as good as like the Mavericks could be, the the Suns are a team like they go to the finals, win sixty four games. This year, things weren't going as well, but now they have Kevin Durant. Like, uh, I, I take the I take the, the Suns seriously again. Yeah, because they get they get KD. In in the middle of the summer, there were talks about him going to the Suns, but it's like, oh, well, we need Booker back in that trade. Like, oh, well, or <laughs> maybe DeAndre Aiden. They didn't have to give up any of their three best players. They no. still have, they still have Chris Paul, Booker, and, and, and DeAndre Aiden. Like, yeah, with Durant. Like that's that. The Suns are the favorite in the West, and and arguably yep. the favorite, like in the league, arguably. Yeah, I mean, I think right now they're the third favorites according to to most. Books, I think they're still second. Behind I think it's behind the Celtics. Okay, I, I've seen I've seen like both ways where it's like I think technically they're the favorites in the West, but Boston and Milwaukee are both above them still. I really want I really wanted Denver to make the final. I mean, they still can happen, but it's just they, like man, with the Phoenix. I mean, we saw a couple years ago where the Suns beat them four zero, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of questions about it. is uh, Phoenix now like ahead of like a Denver team that's been number one all year. In the I West. think I think they're. Ahead. I mean, Denver I think is too. And then go. I mean, you can't you can't ever count Golden State. No, I, I mean they care. still have to be in the picture if they if they can be in the right team right now. Like they're 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 still they're still gonna be in the mix at, by uh-huh. the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean the West is definitely looking loaded right now, and and then for the Celtics, I, it, it helps them in the East. Where oh yeah, it's really, I mean the Nets my, are they're a non-factor. It, they're they're a non-factor, and it's it's really just them and in the Bucks. In the Bucks, you, you have to take seriously. I, I mean Philly. Some people will. Yeah, but I mean Philly. I, yeah, at least Philly. Have to I guess them. you can't rule out, but it's uh, in my opinion and probably your opinion too, and others. It's really just Boston and Milwaukee in the East, so it makes it easier in the East. But in the in the final, let's say they were to make the final again, you're gonna get. I mean, I'm stating the obvious, but you're getting you're gonna get a legit opponent, especially if it's Phoenix mm-hmm. with with their talent now. Yeah, oh, I I agree. I mean, the Suns Suns look awesome right now. Or have the potential to be awesome. I, Kevin Durant still needs to come back healthy and playing, but 
Uh, and injuries have been an issue for the Suns all year. But I mean, the one thing with them is even if it's not like this year, they can't put it together. They have Durant for a few more years. Like he's yeah. he signed that big contract. So I think it's only a matter of time before the Suns are finally able to break through. As long as Durant doesn't just you know totally blow things up there. I but trust. I trust. Uh, he wanted to be in Phoenix. So. Yeah, yeah. Durant wanted to be in Phoenix and. Even though he's he can be a pain in the ass too, he's not like uh, Kyrie. No, not to that. Like, extent. I I, I like, trust Durant so much more, uh, especially it, in that in the situation uh, he's in with Phoenix than than Kyrie. Like, it takes never. a little while for him to be like, okay, I'm ready to move on. So yeah, I think they have some chances. And I guess just looking at Brooklyn, it's not as bad as a situation of when they traded all those picks for an aging Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry because they got nothing for those guys when they left. At least, like, I know they, they had to give up all those picks to Houston and the James Harden trade, but at least they got something at back. Le- at least they were... It's a, I mean, they, they only they only won one playoff series, so they, well, they still mean, didn't do anything. No, but in terms of, like, their But future, I know what you mean, that, like, at uh, least it was... There was potential there. At least they did something. At least they were good for a bit. But yeah, like yep. KG Pearson, like they they that was bad from the beginning. Oh yeah, from yeah, the I jump. Mean, was, yeah. Well, they were well past their prime. Like there was, right. it, it made no sense. Like, and they gave that. up three first rounders and a pick swap. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the Celtics made the most. No, so of that I, game I agree with you. Brown and Jason I, Tatum. So. I agree with you on that take. Yeah, and I guess like the Nets, I mean, they got back Michael Bridges, they got Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith. I still think they can be a playoff team this year. I still think they can kind of be like middle of the pack, and it's not like they're giving up top five yeah, picks I, several I, years I, I also was, I also think that as well where it's over for them in terms of com- really competing, but you know, can they still be a playoff team? Yeah, they have enough skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it, we'll see how things play out in the East. I still think they'll at least be in the play-in tournament this year. I don't know long term, you know, what their roster is going to look like. They have they have so many wing players on that team. It's, it's kind of crazy right now. But and, and uh, they have like they have they have no first round picks either. No, well, they have other teams first round picks. They don't have their own. So right. that's, oh, okay. that's kind sure. of an issue. Yeah. But they, um, so it's kind of the thing where it's like long term, like those Phoenix picks could be really good when, you know, Booker is older, Durant leaves free agency. But the, you know, the, they, those picks in my, sell, I, I think, are in the 20s, at least in the, the early years. Yeah. True. So, um, I don't know what it'll be like by what, 2029 or whatever. Um, but, one of the biggest what ifs in sports now has to be what if Kevin Durant's foot wasn't on the line on that two pointer. I mean, if that's a three, if the Nets <laughs> oh, they beat the, the Hawks, they, they smoked the Hawks. And yeah, and, and then, then they yeah, go to Nets, the finals. Nets Suns, that's a series. Uh, and we saw Brooklyn Milwaukee is argue, win it in six. Brooklyn is probably favored in that one too. Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Well, who knows where they are right now? Because Kyrie was hurt, legit hurt too. Like I, yeah. I know I give. Uh, I know. I know, I, we'll, I know I hate Kyrie, yeah. but like he was legit mm-hmm. hurt. And then Harden was also Harden was banged either. up. Yeah, it was really just Durant carrying that team. So uh-huh. maybe they wouldn't have won, but I, I mean, I it's a much I different story. If I believe they, they would have the NBA Finals. Like, I believe they would have smoked the Hawks. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> so like them getting that far, I, I, you know, who knows where they are right now? So uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely an interesting situation there. So I guess just real quickly in terms of biggest winners and losers of the deadline, I mean obviously the obvious ones here. Oh, well, you know it's not to say obvious twice, but Suns and Mavericks winner, Nets loser. <laughs> like, you know we'll see how those trades play out this year and long term. But 
both of those teams got better and the Nets got worse and just, you know, a horrible way for that <laughs> big three era to end. Um, and then you kind of talked about it, but pivoting off of those winners, top three teams in the East, I'll include the Sixers for this argument here, but the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers, all of them, they made some moves. They did like little things, but ultimately the Nets got worse and not a whole lot of teams in the East got much better. Uh, the Knicks were like the biggest move was them picking up Josh Hart. Like that's a, that's the biggest move outside of that. Cleveland ended up signing Danny Green, but they didn't make any trades. Chicago I, I li- didn't I do like anything. I like how uh, I like how Danny Green has been on every color jersey except green. <laughs> really? I mean, he almost. Ended I, up I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's, he's been on a lot of color teams, uh, but he's never uh, been on a green jersey. He's never been on a green team. Yeah, because he <laughs> had black with the Spurs, red with the Raptors, purple with the Lakers, gold as well. I guess. Yeah, that's wow. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, at this point, the, the East feels like a three-team conference. I, you know, they're, Two and they're somebody else is going to go to the conference semis, but I don't think that any of those teams have a shot. And in the end, it, it, coming into the season, I thought Celtics Bucks fast track to the Eastern Conference Finals doesn't really change at all. Uh, Miami, another team, they didn't do anything. They subtracted Dwayne Dedman. Uh, they did nothing to improve their team this year. So. I guess never count out Miami, just given how well coached they are and how yeah, competitive heat they are. But and everything. yeah, their culture. But I don't know, at some point, it's it's gonna go south for them. I think, and, and they were in the Durant sweepstakes. I thought I thought uh-huh. them him to Miami was gonna be a real thing. Yeah, coming into the season, they were definitely a team that was in consideration there, and it just you know didn't work out. But you know, for, for the Celtics, yeah, they 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 traded two second rounders and Justin Jackson for Muscala. It's not a great move by any means, but like they need they need an extra big man. I think mm-hmm. he can provide a spark, especially on offensively. He's not so they were in they were in talks about getting Jakob Pertl, but he ended up going to Toronto, and he would have been a better interior defender against big guys like. Embiid or whomever, yeah. So Pearl would have been a better option in that case. But at the uh-huh. same time, the, Toronto gave up uh, a first rounder and two second rounders. I, and I I know I'm kind of contradicting myself saying that draft picks don't matter, but it's like a first rounder and two second rounders for a guy that's gonna play like what 15. Yeah, be like a backup center. Be basically. like a backup big man. It's like I'd rather uh-huh. just keep the picks and just yeah. I think Muscala just, can just get Muscala. He's, he's just another. He's another big who can stretch the floor. I mean, he and, he had a few threes in the game against Memphis, so. They didn't have to trade Grant or Peyton Pritchard, and yeah. I know those guys aren't amazing by any means, but they are good role players. Mm-hmm. Uh, it keeps their their futures flexible it, in terms of what right. they want to do heading into and, the offseason. And, and Justin Jackson is, yeah, he was good at North Carolina, but he's not a yeah, he's not, not an NBA, NBA caliber player. player, so it's no. whatever. Like I'd rather, I'm I'm fine with the move with the move. And another thing, I've been so disappointed in trade deadlines in the past with when. Danny Ainge was still here that mm-hmm. Brad Stevens has been good as a GM. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, last year, the trade deadline turned them into they got a Derek White and, uh-huh. and Derek White had, he, he was up and down, but now he's been awesome of late. Now. Yeah. He's, like, he's, he's really fitting in this well. year. Yeah. And so, and so I think Brad, even Brad Stevens, even though he wasn't, he didn't really make any other moves or yeah, he didn't make any other moves besides the Muscala move and wasn't really aggressive. I don't care. Like he, he's made some great moves with, you know, trading Kemba and getting Al Horford, getting mm-hmm. Derek White the deadline, getting Malcolm Brogdon uh, this past offseason for basically a bag of peanuts. Like I, I, I loved that move, and I again, even though he didn't make a, a splash at the deadline, he's he's made. Some I didn't great think moves. he needed to. He didn't, he didn't like, really I mean, need you're to. You're the number one team in the East. You didn't need to do anything crazy. They got to stay healthy. That's it. Like they have the pieces. Yeah, they got to sure. stay healthy. Keep keep Tatum's minutes down a bit. 
because uh, I think they're I think that's one of the reasons why they lost versus Golden State was that his minutes were way too up. Especially, I mean, it's kind of their own fault just given how many games they played before yeah. playing Golden State, or they uh-huh. they played two seven game series when they should have it should have ended earlier. Uh, so it's kind of their own doing, but look, they have the pieces to win. Oh yeah, no no doubt. I mean, I I think you know they're they're in very good shape right now. So uh, that's why, even though they didn't make a big splash, they're a big winner coming out of the deadline. Opposite end, you know, their big loser, talked about them, the Denver Nuggets. I mean, they really didn't do a ton to improve their team, and others did. And, I mean, it, they could still end up as a one seed, but it's hard to, to look at that team and I say know, they I, match I up want, I want to believe them more. Jokic is awesome. He's he's. It's kind of like Dallas. Like, well, Dallas of... When they had Dirk, like you remember when when they oh, went yeah. all with Dirk, yeah. it was like uh-huh. it was it was Dirk, and then it was a drop off after him. But it was a lot of good role players that were able to contribute, and that's kind of what it is in Denver right now, where mm-hmm. it's, it is a drop off after Jokic. And but but they do have a lot of good players, but I decent players. I don't know. I I want they needed to add more. I agree with you. Yeah. I I want them to believe them more than just a, a one seed and another MVP season potentially for Jokic. But beyond that, it's dicey, especially now that Phoenix is so much better. Uh, that I don't, I don't know if I, I don't think I can trust them to be a finals contender. Yeah, I mean they they definitely took took a big hit right now in terms of what they did or you know didn't do compared to what other teams did, in particular Phoenix, who you know we saw them just two years ago wipe the floor with the Denver team that was Jokic and nobody else. So certainly. Uh, reasons to believe that you know something similar could happen this year. Um, I guess you know continuing along the lines of that Nets trade, Houston Rockets are big winners because they have the Nets picks from the James Harden deal. So you know we'll see. I don't think they're going to be as bad as the you know those Nets picks picks that went to the Celtics because they did get some kind of assets out of this. But uh, they're definitely going to be worse now than if they have Kevin Durant for the next four years. And the so. Rockets got big Frank, former Wisconsin. Oh, great. Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah, they, they have their own big three there where they got Jabari Smith, Frank Kaminsky and uh, Victor. <laughs> yeah. they. I mean, they could like they're definitely they're going to be in the running. No doubt yeah, about for it. Sure. Uh, and then on the flip side, kind of related a loser. John Wall, who was traded back to the Rockets a week yeah, after going to podcast complaining about the team. <laughs> he ended up getting waived anyway, but like <laughs> that was he still got clowned for a few days there. And now there's questions of where he's going to end up, you know, after being moved off of the Clippers. I mean, he was seen as a really big signing there, and they decided that they would rather have Eric Gordon and Mason Plumley, who yeah, I think he, are good additions for the Clippers, but you know, Yeah, John Wall is Wall. is uh, washed now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty at this clear point. at this point. Yep. Uh, and then got to throw them out here as a winner, the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't think that they're all of a sudden a finals contender in the West, especially compared to you know what some of those other teams have done. But at the very least, they're relevant. I mean, they made a ton of moves. They rebuilt their roster. They subtracted Russell Westbrook, and they turned him into D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley. Feels like a huge win for them. They kept it going, bringing in Mo Bamba for Pat Beverly, and they also shipped out Thomas Bryant for Devon Reed. Bryant reportedly requested a trade after Anthony Davis came back because his minutes went down, which is ridiculous to think about. But 
a lot of people were saying LeBron traded him because he called for the ball on his uh, shot that broke the, the NBA that. scoring record. Regardless, I think the Lakers are a better team right now. Um, they beat Golden State on Saturday, lost to Portland on Monday. So we'll see what happens. They're still 13th in the West, but I think at the very least, this is a team that should be competing for a playing game. And if they get to the tournament, they're there. Who knows what can happen? So uh, they have to at least be considered winners of the deadline. They're certainly a better team now than they were a week and a half ago. Um, no, do you have any comments? I, I mean, are you like you're going on with like the entire list? Like, no, no. I mean, I'm almost done here. I will say one loser out of this though: Scotty Pippen Jr. Because reportedly his mom, yeah, Larsa Pippen, cheated on his dad with Malik Beasley, who's now his yeah, teammate. I, so I saw that. <laughs> I don't know if that's really going to cause locker room problems, but I'm sure that's uh, you know not the ideal situation for him. Um, and then the final one is a joint winner-loser. The New Orleans Pelicans, I liked the move to trade Devontae Graham to the Spurs for Josh Richardson, get out of Graham's contract. Richardson is an upgrade in terms of his defensive prowess. He had five steals in his first game as a Pelican, only the second Pelican to ever do that in his team debut. Um, he's also going to be a free agent, so it gives them some flexibility with the luxury tax going into the offseason. But they're a loser, not necessarily related to the trade deadline, but the recent news that Zion Williamson is going to be out even lo- longer. He hasn't played since January 2nd. Sounds like he's going to miss several more weeks. And this is a team, when he was healthy, they were one of the best in the West. And since he got hurt, the Pelicans have been middle of the pack. So. Uh, he could have been a big trade deadline addition getting him back. And now there's questions of when we're going to see him again, which is just unfortunate because Zion is such a talented player. Great. When he's on the court, he just can't stay healthy. No. I, I mean, at least his weight is down, but yeah, but yeah, still, I mean, still, a still injury prone player. Yeah. Just really unfortunate. So, I mean, if he can come back for the playoffs, I think new Orleans can be interesting, but um, you know, they're, the West is it's all over the place right now. And being the eighth team is, is not a good place to be like there were last year. So that's all I have for the NBA trade deadline. Do you have any other comments on it? Well, I was just going to say how much, uh, did you enjoy LeBron breaking the record? Were you, were you able to stay up to watch that? Or you're just like, nah, I no, didn't stay up to watch it. Cause I wasn't interested in staying up to watch it. I figured I would wake up and find out he did. And I will say, I think it's hilarious that it happened in a loss to the Thunder of all teams. Yeah, I, I kind of figured bring that up that it's like, well, well, they didn't win the game. Who cares? Uh, I I noticed no, that I mean, Anthony it, Davis uh, wasn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he was right. Just sitting he there, like, not even really enjoying the he moment was, either. He was sad that they were losing. So. And LeBron does have to make everything about himself. I I, I don't I don't hate LeBron as like you do, uh, uh, but. <laughs> like he he really does he really does need to make everything about himself like they ha- uh-huh. I get stopping the game like it's a great record yeah no I mean yeah. you have who to knows, at that moment who knows if they'll be broken or when they'll be broken and who will do it if it does mm-hmm. happen again but okay stopping the game I get but like taking the microphone talking to all the fans <laughs> for like 10 minutes like the uh-huh. game's not even over it's just that's it that's feels just... like it it could have waited but obviously would have been you know not as fun coming off a loss so he he really doesn't have he he really doesn't have any humility whatsoever like he just has to talk about how no. awesome he is uh-huh. after the game like every, some guy some reporter asked him about the like, hey, like, where do you see yourself in the greatest of all time rankings? Like, oh, I don't know about that stuff. But, you know, if I were a GM, the first guy I would take is uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's, yeah. that's just great. Like, great for you, LeBron. Good good yeah. for you. 
No, um, no. If there was a redraft of the league, LeBron at 38 years old would not be taken number one overall. I can be <laughs> assured of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, just I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I love that comment. Like, you know, you know, Corey. If I told you, uh, like, you, you, you're a great podcaster. Ben's, Ben's a great listen. Kenny's a great listen. But you know, if I were to start a podcast, the first guy I would start with is uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I can cover all the topics. I give great insight. You know, I, I, I bring reasonable sense of humor to the table. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Hey, I say uh okay <laughs> like no LeBron. i'm just saying like, like yeah, how would you no, feel I know, like, right? if, if, like if i meant that like oh you know <laughs> I'm the, like yeah, there are a lot of great yeah. basketball players but the first guy i would start was uh me <laughs> uh, <laughs> not jordan yeah, i mean not, i didn't he, i didn't hear that comment he made but he man, did say like, that that's it not was, surprising to hear <laughs> yeah like not not michael jordan not kobe not not will not kareem the guy the record that you you know broke for most mm-hmm. points i've started with me <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't have any humility whatsoever dude like he is a great not, basketball not one, talent i'll give him that but you know something to know about myself i'm someone that likes to use uh, a lot of self-deprecating humor probably too much but you know lebron has none <laughs> no not at all <laughs> you can't no. be self-deprecating a little bit about himself come on dude uh-huh. yeah um <laughs> So I guess anyway, that that's enough NBA for now. <laughs> we'll we'll try to talk about you know NBA between now and the the playoffs starting in some forms, but that's certainly the next big reason to talk basketball. For now, let's go back to the Super Bowl and let's talk about the commercials. Always a big deal, you know. Maybe not as great as they they once were, but certainly plenty worth talking about. And like we've done every. Super Bowl episode, the you know our history of this podcast. We will wrap this one up by counting down our favorite commercials from Super Bowl Fifty Seven in this episode's top five. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. This is our first top five in a while now. <laughs> we yeah. we were kind of like you know putting out quick episodes for most of the playoffs. This is a Super Bowl. It's the last. I get. One of I, our get I get. I like, get. We need one. to. Yeah, I mean, I there's it. a lot to talk about. You know, obviously the NBA trade deadline, but uh, certainly want to talk about these commercials. And um, you know, I have a few honorable mentions that I'll get to, but in terms of my actual top five, I'll get started with number five, and that was Crown Royal. And they did a commercial that was "Thank You Canada" as a Canadian whiskey, and this is one that I mean, I thought it was kind of cool. Like some of the things they they were shouting out, they had Dave Grohl in the studio, just deciding to you know showing a bunch of like music legends, comedians. Thought it was funny that Michael Sarah, this heartthrob, got a little special shout out. Peanut butter, poutine, replay, battery, ironing boards, Hawaiian pizza. I'm a fan, so I like that one. Whoopee cushions, hockey, basketball, apparently even football. I. Didn't do the research to back that up, even though Dave Grohl said it's true. Look it up. Yeah, so they pointed all those out in the commercial. Uh, But for me, yeah. Yeah, I I like this one. It's not on my list, spoiler alert, but it was an honorable mention, Uh, especially just being a Foo Fighters fan. Yeah, I mean, well, for me, it's like, yeah, Dave Grohl is great, but it's also like Crown Royal is one of, if not my favorite whiskeys. And Canada, I love it. I think it's a great country. I, I've, I've always enjoyed my experiences there. So I just think it's, it's fun kind of grouping those together. And I thought that it deserved a shout out for that reason as my number five in our top five. The only gripe about, I have about that commercial is one of the things he mentioned that was instant replay. 
<laughs> yeah, right. <I> was... <laughs> it's and just seeing all the instant uh-huh. replay that has happened in that game, I can't say I'm a fan of that now. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I totally. I mean, it's get great, that. but it's just gone too far in the other direction where it's just we got to uh-huh. look at every little angle, and that's the only thing I don't like about that commercial. But other than that, it's great. Yeah. No, uh, I mean that, that's that's fair. After our discussions earlier. So for before I get to my number five, I just want to say that when it comes to my list. Like after the first, maybe top two, it, it three, like I could have put anything for three, four, and five. Like I had a list of like ten different ones that I could have. Yeah, I uh, think I think I had picked. twelve that I wrote. I just down think there. when it comes to commercials, last year was brutal. Like, like yeah, like last, last year, year there weren't many. Last year ones. I really struggled to come come up with five that I liked, and this year, look, there aren't there really aren't many that I love. I really wanted there to be five that I loved, but I didn't. But there were there were there was a decent amount though that were good enough or I liked. I, th- I think this year's commercials were better, not great, but they were better than last year. Like last year was yes. a disaster. Yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah. No, I mean I think that when it comes to Super Bowl commercials, a lot of it is okay. I like this actor, this celebrity, or whatever. Right. This is a funny concept that they're doing. It's something that's going to resonate with you. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, so for my number five. I went with the Bud Light commercial with Miles Teller, and one and like what you said with actors, like he's in the commercial, uh, you know, waiting, f- you know, dancing to the the on hold like machine hold or, or on uh, hold music. Sorry, and I I thought that was amusing. And Miles Teller, I've only seen him in a couple movies, but Whiplash and Top Gun Maverick are like two of them, like. There, there are two movies I really, really enjoyed, and are really up there for me. And I yeah, think he's, a, I mean, he, he's a great actor. So yeah, he's uh, I mean, he's someone who's really exploding these days. I feel like he's he's going and, big. and just coincidentally an Eagles fan, and and yep. they happen to be in the Super Bowl. So I'd imagine maybe that played a part. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know when they filmed it. I feel like it it would have been so more maybe than it two didn't, weeks but, ago, but uh-huh. that could just be a coincidence. But yeah, I thought this commercial was amusing, and I'm definitely a Miles Teller fan. So yeah. Yeah, like so his wife. Um, his wife. She's a model. I think it's it's Kelly Murray or something like that. I might be mispronouncing it, but she's the one who who's in it. And yeah, I, okay. I thought it was entertaining. I did have this as an honorable mention, but uh, did not make my top five. And uh, you know, one thing I will also talk about in terms of Miles Teller roles, I really enjoyed his role as Miles Teller in Project X. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a ridiculous <laughs> movie. But I've always uh, seen that movie once. It was overrated like it, it was it wasn't uh, bad but it's, it's i think it's it's, it's it was just the idea as, like a movie. high schooler yeah right exactly right. like i don't want to say it's a great movie but it's like wow that would be wild if that actually happened yeah i i watched that movie yeah around like 18 or whatever in like high school uh-huh. and so yeah at the time i was like yeah well this is fun but but uh it's not exactly a blockbuster <laughs> yeah no, no. I forgot that. I, I don't, I don't uh-huh. even remember that because I, again, I only saw the movie once. Yeah, he just he's like a baseball player at Southern Cal, and he has it's his his same name. Like <laughs> so, <laughs> um, my number four is a different Anheuser Busch light beer, and that's Michelob Ultra. And this is one that I'll admit I specifically made sure to get this in my top five because uh, the Caddyshack references of this one. I know that's one that you have said is. Uh, on your list of top five movies that everyone loves but you hate i thought it was really cool i thought it was fun i'm not someone who like loves caddyshack i mean it's a movie from 1980 there are some older movies that i really enjoy but i think a lot of those comedies just don't sit as well with me like they don't hold up as well as some of the ones from like our experiences in like middle school and high school in the 2000s so 
Um, it, it was only so much, but I still thought it was fun. I mean, they had Serena Williams, who was in it last year. It's also had Jimmy Butler back. Just a really cool scene. It did have Tony Romo playing the Bill Murray role where he opens a bottle cap and it helps Serena Williams shock it in. So it makes sense to have Tony Romo in a, a Super Bowl commercial, especially involving golf. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is this is a good one. I think I liked the commercial last year a little better just because the song that they used in it in the bowling scene. But this one was like more like funny and entertaining. So, right. Um, I thought it made yeah, sense to put it in my top five. This one, this one was also an honorable mention. Uh, well, they had two. They had two of them. Two Michelob Ultra commercials on the golf course. Like one of them involved with the like the ones you talked about, and like, and then they also had Ricky and JT. Um, oh yeah that's right i remember that one yeah i guess i'd like that one better um, that makes more sense why you had michael Walter in there because i was like you hate caddyshack why would that be on your yeah. honorable mentions that yeah like, the, that the other michael Ultra was a okay. honorable mention yeah um, there were a few of them that they had two commercials so that yeah i guess the com- the combination of caddyshack and not liking tony romo at the moment <laughs> <laughs> i guess does it for me when it comes to uh-huh. not uh not having that one up there for me. Uh, so for my number four, I went with Uber One. This is the one where Diddy was in. He had to come up with a jingle. Mm-hmm. And it was just a cool throwback to like past like 90s artists. Like like Montel Jordan was in it. Uh, and then the, the, the woman who does uh, the milkshake song, uh, Kellis, if I, if I pronounce that correctly. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't and, know her name, but yeah. And then like, uh, Donna Lewis, and the only thing I didn't like about the commercial is that I hate that song. What does the fox say? I oh yeah, it. I mean I think most people do. I, I thought it was like that song. ridiculous that they included it. The fact that people actually made money off that song, like the uh, yeah, got a lot of hits or views or downloads over what does the fox say? <laughs> oh, drives me nuts. I hate that song. It's, probably my no, least it's favorite. a very annoying song. Yeah. Probably my least favorite song of all time. I, I honest, uh, even worse than Bad Day. Like for me, I I hate that song because you because ha- you had a bad day. I hate that song too. But what does the fox say? Ring ding 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 ding. ding. It's Cringe. no, it's it's a terrible song. I don't know that's if there's the, anyone. That's who the only thing I don't like about song. that commercial. <laughs> but other than that, I found this commercial really amusing. Uh, for Diddy trying to come up with a jingle uh, for for Uber One and getting Montel Jordan and and other artists, I thought uh, it was a cr- cool idea for a commercial. So I put that. No, I mean, that was an interesting one. I mean, the the what does the fox say thing was enough for me not to include it in my top five. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, D- Diddy's Diddy's a cool dude. So yeah. I thought I thought it was nice seeing him in it. So uh, my number three is the Amazon commercial, and this is kind of not on the funny side, but more on the sentimental side. So the whole premise is this dog named Sawyer is loving being at home with the rest of his family during like the days of the pandemic and lockdown and everyone's working from home, doing school from home. But once the lockdown ends, everyone starts leaving. He's now left home alone all day. He's lonely, starts destroying the house. And you think that the family is buying a kennel for him to be in all day. So that way he can't get out and, you know, chew on everything he can find uh but then the twist in this one is that uh the kennel was actually for another dog to be a companion for him and i thought that was like just like a really cute you know really fun commercial and i think anything with dogs is going to be uh a popular one i know there's another dog commercial that a lot of people loved as well 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, this is kind of an easy one to get in my top five. I think Amazon always has some, you know, noteworthy Super Bowl commercials, and this was yet another. The, the one I can't help look back on is the. The, the Budweiser commercials with the Clydesdales and the, yeah, the, the right. puppy. Like, oh, I, I, uh, I can't, I can't help myself concept, but like it, right? like, even though it's uh-huh. just a cute commercial. Like, I, yeah. I can't help myself but, but enjoy that one. Uh-huh. Uh, so for my number three, I went with the Google Pixel commercial. And this one starts out like as a, like a serious commercial, like looking back on like nice memories. But then all of a sudden there's a twist where, it shows crazy things happening in the background and uh-huh. and having the uh, option to remove weird things in the background. Like w- one one was like a kid making a like a crazy face, another was like a dog peeing, and then there was Giannis showed up in the commercial and and they're asked like, "Hey, do you see what? What do you think about that dunk where Jalen Brown dunked over you?" And then Giannis removed himself <laughs> yeah. from the the the. The picture, and he's like, "What dunk? What are you talking about?" Like, so I thought uh-huh. that was funny. You know, someone that actually uses self-deprecating humor, unlike LeBron. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, Much Amy Schumer like is also like removing all of her exes and a Un- right that part too. I guess an- another thing, just like the la- the last co- commercial I mentioned, <laughs> the one thing I don't like about this commercial is that Amy Schumer's in it, uh-huh. and I don't think she's funny. Yeah, but, no, I, but I at least it's amusing. Fair. Like, hey, I can get rid of my ex from this. Like, cool, and yeah. So I I thought it was a fun idea for. Commercial and, and no, I, I like this one as well. I had it in my honorable mentions. It's not enough for me to go to Google Pixel over my iPhone. Like I'm not going to be rushing to the store to change it. But it, it's a cool concept. I'm sure it's only a matter of time before Apple comes up with something like that as well. And I, I like that it wasn't just showing off the technology and like normal photos, but they actually brought in like celebrities and stuff and started making jokes about it. I think that was right. what kind of separated, it. made it more like Super Bowl commercial as opposed to just any other Google or Apple phone commercial that we've seen over the years. So um, yeah, definitely a good one. And then, so for me, when it comes to the top two, this is where it's like two that really stand out uh, opposed to the others where I could have really gone in any order. And I lean toward like products that I love or, you know, celebrity cameos or references. That's kind of the same thing for me. For me, number two though, I guess technically cameos was part of it, but this is the NFL women in football commercial. Diana Flores, the flag football player from Mexico. It starts with her being interviewed by Aaron Andrews on the sideline, and she's trying to pull her flag. And all of a sudden, everyone is trying to pull her flag. Has a ton of NFL players in it. Sauce Gardner, Jalen Ramsey in one scene. The one that really stands out to me is Cam Hayward with Aiden Hutchinson, where they're like pretending to be uh, bellhops at a hotel as housekeeping. You also have Devontae Adams in like some smoothie costume, and he starts chasing after her. You have a ton of people in this. I think like there are some other celebrities that I'm missing, just some other normal people. And the NFL, I think they always do a fun job whenever they have commercials in the Super Bowl. I'm always going to be gravitating toward them. It's cool seeing like star players and little things in them. And I, I think this was a, a fun one. And you've um, always it's nice enjoyed. That they were, yeah, I have you've always, always enjoyed, enjoyed the NFL ones. I, I mean, yeah. I remember one year uh-huh. where it was the like the hundred anniversary. Uh-huh. That that one I liked a lot, where they got like yeah. all the great players. And uh-huh. then, and then for whatever reason Baker Mayfield, but uh, anyway, <laughs> uh-huh. he's going uh, off rookie of the year back when uh, he. Could I do know, anything. but it's just it's just so weird looking back on that. It's like wow, they got uh-huh. all of these like Hall of Fame players and star players, yeah, and then and just Baker. Baker, the future of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, yeah, no, I remember that commercial. I was watching it uh, when that commercial showed up. I kind of figured you'd have it in your top five mm-hmm. once I saw it, but. 
but it was an honorable mention. I, I liked it, um, but I didn't have it in my top five. Yeah, but I mean, like, in terms of s- advertising, it's like women in football and playing flag football. It's like, a, I don't know, you know, what, like, it's. I think it's NFL is the one who put on the commercial, but it's like, you know, what are they exactly going for here? But I think it was kind of cool just, like, at least highlighting a really good, you know, women's flag football player, so. So for my number two, I've never had popcorners in my life, but <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was it was pretty awesome to see Jesse Pinkman and Walter White uh, together. Because even after the show ended, they've always been together, and uh-huh. like whether it's commercials or just at games or whatever, I love that they're they're together, uh, even even if the show's over. And that's my number two: the popcorners commercial where they bring back Breaking Bad and Jesse's eating the popcorn. He's like, "Yo, these are great," and it's like. And then Walter just, you know, mentions that you know it's just basic ingredients, Jesse. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then they're looking for buyers, uh, you know, to sell the product, and and they bring back Tuco, which is a, uh, which is a, a cool character in the show as well. And so I, that, that's really the reason. Like I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know I mean, if popcorn. I don't know if popcorners are any good. I've never tried them, uh, but uh, just the Breaking Bad reference. Uh, for that commercial i liked so yeah that's my yeah two. i mean no surprises that it was gonna make your list because of that um i know a lot of people loved it just because of the breaking bad reference so for me number one i i was back and forth on this one in the moment i think this was the worst commercial ever but now that the dust has settled it's like man this was marketing genius at its finest just like all the reactions i'm seeing Tubi, you know what i'm talking about everyone was thinking that in the fourth quarter someone sat on the remote and changed the channel and i think i didn't fall for it but people at my apartment that were watching it did and it like convinced me that wait what is going on here uh but i i just like all the reactions to it like seeing videos of like people actually freaking out and i don't know if they're being serious or not but like a lot of jokes and stuff about um you know people blaming their like wives and their kids and their parents and all this stuff it's it's a polarizing commercial it's a memorable one in the end it's people are talking about it and i think that uh, you know looking back i can kind of appreciate that as someone who has youtube tv i fell for something similar when youtube tv was a sponsor of the nba finals a couple of years ago i was like yelling at my roommate for change of the channel when they pulled up the ui and uh that didn't actually happen but uh yeah i mean it, this this is uh an interesting one it's creative. i think very creative yeah and it, the one thing i'll say is i hate that they did it in the fourth quarter I wish it was earlier in the game, like you I know, agree in that, that moment. It's like really, but um, outside of that, just like looking back now that it's over and it happened, it, it's hard not to you know really appreciate what they did. Yeah, I, I like that commercial, but I also agree that yeah, it would have been better if it was in the first half instead of the fourth quarter. Yeah, <laughs> no, the in the moment I was like, that's the worst commercial ever. Why would you do that? But you know, it, <laughs> I uh, I grew to appreciate it. Uh, so for my number one, I went with the Kia commercial with the Binky Dad. I love yep. that commercial <laughs> where uh, uh, his his baby, his kid doesn't, like they don't have the Binky and it's like, you forgot the Binky and he has to go drive back uh, to to the house and go get it. And, and as he's going back, like everyone's calling him out on not uh-huh. remembering the Binky. Like he looks on his phone and it's like, oh, that's the Binky Dad and he forgot it. And then- they show him on on the news like oh 
local dad forgot his, his kid's binky yeah. and then you see him going through all these obstacles he's driving on the football field he's getting chased by cops and then and then he finally gets back uh to to his kid and gets the binky and then his wife says oh like he likes the blue one like oh, no <laughs> so i i uh-huh. thought that was I thought it was genius. I thought it was really funny. And yeah, I, no, I, it, I was, it was an entertaining one for sure. This one, I this one I loved. Yeah, so yeah, this one definitely was my number one. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that that's a good one. Um, I definitely had that, you know, as a potential honorable mention in here. Um, I guess we can kind of jump into those. So, uh, two of them that I was tempted to throw in because of the Boston references. One, Sam Adams, the whole lighter sam adams like or, or brighter sam adams and then the brighter boston and it has your cousin from boston just what like cousin? living in this yeah from boston yeah living in this world where it's like boston people like you think they're all about to like say something bad or like yell at each other and it's like they're they're all just like positive things like oh you can bock here no you can bock here bumps into a guy at a bar it's like hey you want to go to the ballet or like the the mobsters you were talking about recycling outside and then it just cuts back in and uh the lady at the cashier is like your card got declined and yeah it's just back to reality <laughs> like the beer might be brighter but boston is not and then yeah, the so, other one is a duncan commercial with ben affleck that's uh, what i was just about us. to say yeah. my, my first i'll mention that i th- Really thought about putting in the top five, but it was kind of short. I, I yeah. was uh, the Dunkin' Donuts uh, commercial with Ben Affleck. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Kiss, you know, like the rock star. Yeah, the, the workday one. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I love Kiss. Like, I, yeah. I wish no, it is. I know you had Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne were both in it. Billy right. Idol. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Workday personally, so that's why it <laughs> left off mine. But no, it's it's entertaining. Good product place yeah. to talk about. You know, rock stars. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't have E Trade. So that's what I was just about to say. Uh, well, okay. Crown Royale, E-Trade. So I didn't want to put it again. So I so I yeah. decided to leave it off. I liked I, it this year more than last year's. Yeah, so. that was that's why I was conflicted. Like oh, this one was actually better or arguably uh-huh. better. But but uh, I decided to leave it off just because I already mentioned it last year. Uh, I think that's it. I, I I wrote down a bunch, but I'm like oh, I didn't really care for that one. Like, yeah, like so Bradley I, Cooper and T-Mobile. Like, it wasn't was a good of, commercial. Like, I, I like know. Bradley Cooper, <laughs> like, but I didn't like. The I, I just wrote it down anyway. Uh, uh-huh. Sylvester Stallone, Paramount, um, yeah, the so, Pringles, the Stuck Hands, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I, that's I, a I think, classic. Yeah, Doritos I think, with Jack Harlow. Oh, no, I hated thing. that one. I, I, who, who, I hate Jack oh, John Harlow. Is I don't get why do people no. like him? No, I don't like I, Jack Harlow. I liked him at first. I don't know how I feel about him these days. I think I'm like starting to sour on him. I didn't I, think his I, album was as good as like I, I his think he past blows. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, you you gave me you gave me trouble or heat for, uh, you know, you like Drake and and you always give me, you know, crap for not being a big fan. Like, like Drake I has some good songs go I like. Far, but, okay, sure, yeah. You, you you do give me crap for it, like for not liking Drake, um, or at least not as much as you do, but. Like I, Drake is fine. Like he he has some songs I like or some albums I like, but Jack Harlow blows. I don't care what anyone says. He sucks. <laughs> he has like like a couple songs that I liked when he like first jumped on the scene, but yeah, I mean I I think he's like he's terrible. I'll take any, I'll take I'll take <laughs> yeah. anyone over him. So the the other two I have written down. So Blue Moon. That was the whole. Is it a Coors Light Miller Light? That one was kind of hyped up for me. It was like I didn't 
included in the top five, but we were having the debate in my apartment as it's going on. I was like, I was team Coors Light. I was drinking Coors Lights during the game. My friend was team Miller Light. And then all of a sudden it's a Blue Moon commercial. Like, whoa, where did that come from? Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. Just like a, an M. Night Shyamalan plot twist there. So I hated the Jack Harlow one the most. The other one I hated, Gronk. The field goal, like that sucked. Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought I thought I there was gonna be. It didn't even look live, did it? Was it really live? Uh, I don't it think look it looked live. real. I like I, it, I, it didn't look real. Like it didn't like the way the no. ball moved. The ball moved from like a little to the right, and all of a sudden, way left. Like the wind yeah. took it out. It yeah, weird. I didn't understand what was going on. I thought it was gonna be so duel. much better, and it just that was a massive fail. Yeah, uh, I didn't like that um, commercial. What were your thoughts on the DraftKings one with Kevin Hart and David Ortiz? Oh, so and... annoying. Go away. I've seen <laughs> he was he's been on all year because you know during football season, uh-huh. you know, DraftKings and FanDuel they're gonna have a million ads. Yeah. But oh, like enough. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not the biggest Kevin Hart fan. He's, he's I'm not either. He's, he's okay, but he's not that funny. And he's been on all year with those commercials, and they've been annoying as hell. And of course, they had to show another one during the Super Bowl, and it was cool that Big Poppy mm. was in it. But yeah, right. I liked yeah that aspect. But of it. even that, I was just like, enough already. I get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the the last one I have the the Pepsi Zero Sugar commercials Steve with Ma- uh, Ben Siller and Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah, so yeah, there were another one that had two. Yeah, it was, it was like fine. oh, we're like talking about acting. I I have never been a fan of like Coke or Pepsi Zero. They claim that it's a better taste. I don't know if I'm going to be in a rush to try them, but you know, maybe they were just acting. I won't know. I'd have to try them and I don't think I will. Uh, so, I don't think you really need to. No. I mean, I I don't drink soda very often these days. I don't so either. That's a uh, that's my biggest reason. Yeah, so I mean, there, there are more commercials. I think you know worth worth considering this year, which is good. Yeah, um, it, it's <laughs> better than last year. Oh man, I real I don't I don't think I could come up with. Uh, I did come up with five, but man, it was it hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. This year, it was, it was easier to come up with options, and it was just a matter of you know which ones I wanted to to highlight. Like we didn't we others. didn't love we loved like maybe what a couple, but yeah. Yeah. Like after I guess that's again fair. like the first or two or what one or two or whatever, but mm-hmm. after that it's it's slim pickings at pickings after yep. that where like my tenth one could have been my easily my third one. I don't know. Yeah, right. No, I I agree with that. I probably could have gone different order than what I ended up settling with, but that's exactly. okay. Um and yeah, th- I mean that'll do it for here. That'll do it for the NFL season. Uh you know, we have free agency coming up, March Madness, gonna be a little bit of a lull until then, but We'll uh we'll be back at some point with um some potential you know fresh new things. We have some ideas. Don't want to like fully say like that's gonna happen, but you know we definitely have some plans as we look into this post football you know post NFL portion of our podcast. And you know we're still gonna talk about sports, but we're gonna try to maybe do different directions and you know have different things mixed in along the way. So. Should be uh hopefully should be some, good. Yeah. some new stuff. Yeah, I know. I'm 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 excited about some of the things we've talked about doing. So anyway, that'll do it for this episode and for this season. For my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Courtney Votney. Thanks everyone. <laughs> <laughs>